the Olympics got underway. Simone Biles was like, hey, I ain't okay. Take care of your mental space. How are you feeling today? I hope you're doing well, but if you're feeling anxious, depressed, burned out, you know, we've all probably experienced at least one of those feelings in the past couple of years. And one of the major sources of stress, especially during the pandemic, has been work. Sometimes it's balancing work deadlines with kids running around, working a frontline job and worrying about COVID, trying just to hang on to a job and keep food on the table, or feeling the pressure to return to the office when you might not be ready. We looked at the major impact of these stresses in our series about work earlier this year. Here's Matt Galloway with that story. Today in our ongoing series, Work in Progress, we look at how mental health and the workplace intersect and what is being done to try to help contain the psychological fallout from COVID-19. My next guest found herself trying to manage three kids under six while working a full-time office job from home during last year's lockdown. It all came to a head when her mental health started to deteriorate. The CBC is not naming her because she worries about how it will impact her employment, but she joins me from St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador. Good morning. Good morning. I said in the introduction that you were uh, working from home full-time while trying to manage three young kids under the age of six. Can you describe what that was like when you started working from home? Um, at first, I was, you know, trying to be very optimistic, uh, laying down plans and schedules. And uh, typically, as typical of uh, children my age, uh, those don't always apply or get stuck to. <laughs> uh, so as much as I may have tried, we found that it was very hard to maintain the work life balance, we'll say, because it was all work and all life at the same time. And that's mine, right? And there are your kids in the background. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing with some play-doh. <laughs> um, the job that you had in, in doing this, what was it demanding of you? I mean, what were you trying to focus on as life is unfolding around you? So I initially was attempting to work uh, in view of my children. Uh, so that I could keep an eye on them. Um, but uh, as I said uh, before, I found it really hard to be in uh, calls, video calls, watching uh, my children uh, play uh, because I have children that need to be monitored as in, you know, they don't necessarily have their uh, safety in mind. So when you're in the midst of a, a meeting and you have to, you know, rush off screen because your two-year-old is about to fall over the back of the couch <laughs> or your, you know, your five-year-old's about to throw something at your three-year-old. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it was a bit uh, stressful. How was all that stress affecting you? At the time, I, I remember vividly having a conversation with my husband where I said, if I don't resent my children, I resent my job. And it was really hard because I love my children and I love my job. Uh, so it was, it was hard. And, uh, that was the moment I knew I had to say something to my employer. That's really difficult. I mean, as you Very said, I mean, so. your, your work is your work, but these are your kids. Yeah, 100%. And, and this is difficult. This is not a situation any of us ever expected to be in. So when you went to speak with your employer, what did you say? Uh, I basically said to them, uh, something's got to give. I, um, I can't keep going on like this. It's 
not a situation that's good for my mental health and it's not definitely not helping work productivity and uh, we worked out a basically a part-time schedule where I would work in the afternoons what kind of help did you did you seek um, for what you were going through personally uh, I have been very fortunate that I have an employer that uh, has an employee assistance program. Uh, so I made avail of the um, option of using a therapist, uh, which I had used previously for a short period of time many years ago. But I had to say during this pandemic, uh, that therapist was fantastic. <laughs> I, I can't speak highly enough of it. <laughs> were there things that you found that you could do yourself as well, kind of coping mechanisms for everything that you were going through? Yeah, my husband and I kind of tried to protect our time as in giving each other time alone. You often hear people say that, you know, taking a shower is not self-care. But I think in, in a pandemic, having the opportunity to take a shower for as long as you want alone qualifies as self-care. As you said, I mean, you, you love your job as well as loving your children. What did it mean for you yeah. to, to take a bit of a step back from work? How did that affect you? After just having three children, there's always the concern about career advancement, whether people like to say it or not. There's a lot of stall in a career when people go on mat leave or parental leave. So, yeah, there was concern stepping away that I'd step back into that kind of shadow that people wouldn't think about me when opportunities uh, arose. Uh, and also the fact that I might not be there to be aware of opportunities when they arose. I'm very eager to... Uh, move forward uh, and take on more responsibilities and learn new skills. And uh, when I thought I was going to be moving forward, I hit another stall. It's hard to accept, but it, it's really, it, I don't know how any other way to do it right now. It's, it is what it is. How are you doing now? I mean, for a while, it looked like we were on our way out of this and now we're right back into it. And you can hear in the background, you have a full house. There's lots going on. Um, I am, I want to say doing a bit better. I've learned, you know, you can only do what you can do. Uh, I am not going to be any homemaking magazine anytime soon, but if my sanity stays intact and my children and I are happy, uh, and my spouse are happy, then, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> can I just ask you finally, I mean, what you would say to employers when it comes to helping employees like yourself in a really stressful situation to help them manage their mental health? I think it would be a really good idea for employers to integrate mental health breaks for your employees, not just once a month, even, you know, a couple of times a week. Just say, if we have a low point, get outside, um, go for a walk, go do something for yourself and take care of yourself because I guarantee that you will get twice back from an employee who takes care of themselves. You have a lot of people fighting for your attention. I'm going to let you go, but I really appreciate talking yeah. to you. Good luck and thank yeah. you very much. Thanks so much. Take care of yourself. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. It's a mother of three from St. John speaking about managing family life and work and how that has affected her mental health over the course of this pandemic, a scene that I think probably is familiar to a lot of people, uh, what was unfolding there in the background of that conversation. If there's one sector that has experienced more than its fair share of stress and uncertainty during the pandemic, it's the restaurant and food service industry. Even before COVID, mental health issues were rampant. In 2019, a Canadian nonprofit called Not 9 to 5 surveyed workers in that sector and found that 90% of them experience mental health and or substance abuse challenges. And now that organization is trying to help as workers in that sector deal with the added stress of COVID-19. Hassel Avilas is the executive director of Not 9 to 5. Hassel, good morning to you. 
Good morning. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Go back, I mean, to the early days of the pandemic. It's hard to remember now. But back then, when did you start to hear from people in the industry about what they were going through? And what were they telling you? It feels eerily familiar right now as we're entering a new lockdown here in Ontario. After the first week or so, there was a lot of dark stories being shared, dark thoughts being felt and experienced. Our industry is known for the constant go, go, go. Sometimes you don't even take the legal breaks that you are entitled to. So having folks that aren't used to stopping, having adequate rest and sleep at home alone uh, definitely sparked a ton of reflection and a lot comes up when you finally stop. In part, yeah. this is an industry that, I mean, it's it's precarious work in many cases. It's often work that is poorly paid. We know that there are issues around exploitation, the hierarchy within kitchens and restaurants, the concerns that, that you know, people have talked about around uh, substance abuse as well. All of that, I would think, would shape someone's ability to respond to the stress and anxiety that they might be feeling in that situation. Yes. And unfortunately, though, a lot of us rely on unhealthy coping mechanisms because workplace mental health and you know managing your own mental health in, in your own life are not commonly discussed topics in hospitality and restaurant. So having access to resources and access to support are not as common. Certain office type environments, you have access to employee assistance programs, benefits. In our industry, unfortunately, we tend to rely on substances to cope often and other unhealthy coping mechanisms. And so that that was the real kind of fear and danger. And, and we did see an increase in substance use. And also in the last two years, there has been a result of an increase in suicide and substance use related deaths, which don't go reported often enough, sadly, um, but they are happening. And in our industry, it's quite rampant. Mm. I mean, when we surveyed people in 2021, 84% of our industry saying yes to experiencing anxiety, 87% experiencing burnout, 77% experiencing depression. These are not low numbers and they are not going away. And a lot of that is related to the lack of access to care and resources. How aware and how much attention is being paid by the owners in this industry, whether it's a small family-run operation or, or big companies that are operating in the hospitality sector, to the mental health of their employees, given those large numbers? It's really hard to answer, but overall, like from what I see and hear, there's not enough at all attention being put on the small businesses. And it's like a pressure cooker. There's really only so much you can add and continue to put a small business owner through um, before it breaks. And that's why, you know, across Canada, we've lost over 10,000 restaurants. And I imagine that this year we'll see more. So it's really hard to ask an owner operator that's just trying to keep the lights on and constantly dealing with closures and lockdowns mm. and, you know, the in uncertainty of staff and losing tens of thousands of dollars in product from one day to the next because of restrictions that are imposed, you know, from one minute to the next. And so, Having insufficient government support for these businesses is a big part of why you don't see more workplace mental health initiatives. In the absence of that, your organization has stepped in to try and offer some assistance. Tell me specifically what you're doing to help people throughout this time. 
we realized that what was really missing as well was some way to assess people's learning. So just like in Ontario, you need a smart serve certification to sell and work with alcohol. We have now developed a mental health certification program that mm. is launching called Connected. It is going to be online and available to anyone um, in the next couple of weeks. And so you would the be I certified how? I mean, with a smart serve, you're certified. You get the certification if you go through the course so that you can safely serve alcohol. What's the certification here? You can safely support someone in a time of need. Huh. So support skills that you can learn, and it's not about fixing anything or solving anyone's problem. But once you learn how to ask for consent to offer support and learn skills like active listening, um, learning how to hold space and validating people's experience and treating everyone with dignity and respect in those moments, you can really make a massive difference. It's a big practice of suicide prevention. So if you can empower people with vocabulary and skills to know what to do in certain situations, you can help save someone's life. It's really great to talk to you, as always, about the work that you're doing. Thanks for that, and thanks for speaking with us. Oh, thank you for having me, Matt. Take care. And you. Take care. Bye-bye. Hassel Avilas is executive director of Not 9 to 5. It's a nonprofit supporting restaurant and food service workers' mental health. Bill Howitt has decades of experience working with companies and organizations on workplace mental health. He's the founder and CEO of Howitt HR. Bill, good morning to you. Good morning, Matt. How are you? I'm well. If you take a look at this broadly, how much of a strain has this pandemic put on the mental health of workers in this country? Well, we know that there's all types of data in the last two years we've collected. I've led research myself with the Mental Health Commission of Canada. Anxiety and depression is going up. But we need to keep in mind, Matt, before COVID, we had one in five Canadians with a mental health issue. And the World Health Organization predicted by 2030, one of the number one causes of premature death is depression. Wow! Some of you heard our segment last week with Greg David about his reporting for the nonprofit news organization, The City, about New York City recovering jobs from the pandemic more slowly than the nation as a whole. You know, these numbers, as of July, the country as a whole had gained back 100% of the jobs lost during the pandemic. Wow. But New York City only regained about 80% of the jobs from before the shutdowns. And Greg described this largely as a story of race gender, and age. So now we're going to take a closer look at those disparities and what Mayor Adams is doing about them because he is trying to do some things. One of the surprising stats is that the number of women with jobs has been going up this year along with the overall uh, recovery, but the number of men with jobs has actually been going down. And the unemployment rate by race well, it's only 3% in the city now unemployed for white New Yorkers, but 11% for black New Yorkers. And the story by age, only 30% of New Yorkers, 18 to 24, have a job. Only 30% compared to 50% before the pandemic. Those numbers come from the latest survey by my next guest, economist James Parrott, the Director of Economic and Fiscal Policy at the Center for New York City Affairs at the New School. Thanks for coming on, James. Welcome back to WNYC. Good morning, Brian. Let's take the gender split first. The stats from your center that Greg David cited are that mm -hmm. in the second quarter of this year, unemployment fell sharply for New York City women down to 5.4% unemployment, while it actually rose for men 
to 7.1%. Why the difference? I would have guessed unemployment for both men and women would at least be going in the same direction during this national recovery. I think um, part of it has to do with the fact that the leisure and hospitality sector um, in New York City is still very much lagging the, the, um, at the national level, but also lagging the recovery in the rest of the New York City economy. And if I could just, if I could just correct one of the numbers that, that Greg uh, cited, um, at this point, New York City has gained back about 90. So our employment level is back about 96% of where it was before. Oh. So the United States has regained all of its jobs. So its employment level is, is a little over 100%. New York City is at ninety six percent, but oh, so that's in almost terms of the eighty percent figure in terms of what what yes. we lost, we have right. gained back a little more okay. than eighty percent. Okay, I'm not sure I completely understand the difference there, um, but talk about it. Uh, yeah. Talk. Um, um, so, your answer by gender has to do with the hospitality sector. There, there's a much higher percent of men working in restaurants and in hotels than women. Uh, so that sector has really lagged in the recovery. And I think part of it also is to, you know, if you look at areas where employment has rebounded or even increased above where it was before the pandemic, uh, healthcare is one of those areas. Home healthcare jobs have really, you know, they were increasing rapidly before the pandemic. They have resumed increasing rapidly that's largely a female occupation in New York City and a lot of places. So, so it's partly, you know, I think it comes down to the jobs that men and women typically have in New York City. Another statistic that jumped out at Greg and other analysts is that overall unemployment among black New Yorkers is so much higher than for white New Yorkers, almost 11% unemployment versus 3%. And we should say racial disparities are nothing new when it comes to the right. econo economic fortunes of different people. But is it getting worse this year? That's such a big difference between the groups, 3% versus 11%. Well, there for a while, in, in, uh, if you go back about a year ago, or in, in early 2021, unemployment rates were coming down uh, uh, across the board. But they continue to come down for whites and they've sort of leveled off for uh, African-Americans and, and other people of color. So, um, you know, you're right. This is not a new story. Uh, what's interesting is that in the wake of previous economic downturns in New York City, um, you think of the early 90s recession, the early 2000s recession around the time of 9-11, or the Great Recession of 2008-2009, New York City's black unemployment rate is very slow to recover. And after those previous downturns, the black unemployment rate has stayed in or near double digit levels for several years at a time. So what we're seeing could be the start of another period of extended high unemployment rate, unless there's a more concerted public policy response than there's been in the past. And the basic stats by age, uh, the one for the youngest adults is what jumped out. 50% employment before the pandemic, only 30% today. Why that big difference? 
Well, so so there's a there's there's also a gender disparity there. The 30% employment rate is for young males between 18 and 24. Ah, got it. For young females, it's uh, around 48, 49%. Um, that's about where it was before uh, before COVID hit. Uh, but for young males, it was about 54%. Now it's about 30 percent. And and, you, you know, I partly I think that's a function uh, of the fact that, the, you know, there are a lot of males in um, restaurant work. A lot of young males worked in uh, retail. Clothing retail in particular, mm-hmm. that part of retailing has been hit uh, hard, you know, very hard. Uh, by the closing of stores in Midtown Manhattan and so on. Um, a lot of young women had those clotail, those uh, retail clothing uh, jobs also, but they've been able to pivot more and take uh, expanding jobs in the healthcare sector. Um, and am I saying correctly that the unemployment rate for young men is actually pretty consistent across racial lines? It is. Um, I think that's uh, a function of, of different um, sources. Uh, but the employment rate for, uh, for white young men and for black young men and, uh, and, and other young men of color is, is pretty consistent. It's around 30% across the board. However, there's a big difference in terms of the education attainment level for whites versus uh, uh, Latinx workers and black workers, and for those who report that they're going to school full time. So, you know, a higher percent of the white males, young males who are not uh, employed are going to school than for black males. The Adams administration is very aware of these numbers, do you see them having certain policy responses to try to create more jobs or reduce the disparities by race, gender, and age? I think they're, they're certainly very aware of this, and they're working on a more concerted policy response. Some of us would like to see that, re- that response unfold more, more quickly than what it's been. But, but I think in some of the recent announcements that the, that the mayor's been making, there's an indication of sort of steady progress that they're moving in the right direction. They're aware of the need to uh, have a concerted follow-on to the expanded summer youth employment uh, program. Um, the mayor invested heavily in that. Uh, that's a good start. That's never been really been seen as as a definitive way in order to improve the employment opportunities for young people that more needs to be done in New York City. So I think there's an awareness of that. There's an interest in trying to connect participants in the summer youth employment program with internships uh, in the fall and going forward. So there's clearly an awareness there. There's also, um, I think, a commitment to work more closely with the nonprofit uh, workforce development providers in New York City. Um, this is, in a sense, an all-hands-on-deck moment. Again, if New York City wants to, to, to end this uh, pattern of extended 
double-digit unemployment rates for for uh, Black New Yorkers in the wake of economic downturns, that we ha- we we need to have an active labor market policy response. We've never really had that before. New York City's always responded, always had sort of a laissez-faire attitude toward the labor market. Let it recover at its own pace. I think the administration recognizes that more needs to be done. Well, I don't want to be the one to break your heart, but Sunshine's from California. Yeah, a California dream, though. No. Sunshine is from California. Yeah, he's a Californian. Black Sacramento utility workers claim racial discrimination in lawsuit against SMUD. Four black employees at the Sacramento Municipal Utility District are seeking a jury trial after they filed a civil lawsuit against their employer, alleging racial discrimination, harassment and retaliation. The workers said they repeatedly were passed over for promotions as managers chose less qualified white job candidates, according to a plaintiff's complaint filed January 4 in Sacramento Superior Court. SMUD officials said discrimination allegations in the employee's lawsuit were investigated and unfounded. The utility said it values all its employees and has a commitment to support diversity, inclusion and belonging within its workforce. We do not tolerate discriminatory behavior of any kind, SMUD said in a written statement sent to the Sacramento Bee. Michael L. Justice, a Southern California-based attorney, filed the lawsuit against SMUD on behalf of the employees, Amy Ayers, Dwayne Pugh, Rodney James and Deborah Bates Petaway. The attorney argued that the workers were targets of discrimination, harassment, and retaliation based on their race. SMUD even went so far as to claim that it independently investigated Ayers, Pews, James and Bates complaints, but the investigations were handled in such a way as to guarantee a predetermined outcome that would not find any discrimination, Justice argued in the filed lawsuit. Further, SMUD concealed the report from them. Passed over for promotions. Ayers is a senior procurement specialist who started working for SMUD on November 2, 2002. She has applied for several posted opportunities for promotion over the past several years. She applied in 2017 for a job as a supervisor with SMUD's Supplier Education and Economic Development Program. Ayers says she was passed over for the promotion, despite being qualified for the job. She also did not get a job as a supply chain supervisor that same year. The job was instead given to a white man, Ayers said. In fall 2021, Ayers applied to become procurement supervisor, a job that Ayers was qualified to perform and had long aspired to hold, according to the lawsuit. The job candidates were narrowed to Ayers and a white man after an initial round of interviews. Ayers was more qualified and experienced than the white male candidate, and based on her experience and qualifications, Ayers was confident that she would be selected for the position, Justice argued in the filed lawsuit. Ayers alleges that a SMUD manager, a white man who is responsible for all hiring decisions, required the two candidates to go through another interview and decided Ayers was not the right fit for the job. The job was given to the white man. Ayers submitted a complaint to SMUD, saying its promotion policies were discriminatory against black employees. She said SMUD told her it investigated her complaint, but the utility had already decided it had not discriminated, according to the lawsuit. SMUD says discrimination claims without merit. SMUD officials said employees are required to complete anti-discrimination and harassment training and unconscious bias training, with additional requirements for supervisory staff. SMUD vigorously investigates all claims of discrimination and harassment, including current allegations that are part of pending litigation, SMUD officials said in the written statement. SMUD's independent external investigator found these claims to be without merit. While we cannot comment further due to the pending litigation, we look forward to defending against these allegations. Pugh was hired by SMUD to be a procurement specialist as a limited-term employee, essentially probationary status, according to the lawsuit. 
He has worked for SMUD for more than four years. Pugh alleged that the manager making SMUD's hiring decisions added obstacles and requirements to become a full-term employee. Since Pugh was hired, nine workers have become full-term employees, eight of them were white, according to the lawsuit. When, the manager, learned that Pugh complained about discrimination, the manager, retaliated against Pugh by continuing to pass over him and promote white job candidates from LTE to FTE, Justice argued in the lawsuit. Pugh said SMUD officials initially offered to share an external investigation report into his discrimination complaint, but then refused to share the report with him. SMUD officials told him the investigation determined his complaint was unfounded. Pugh was later moved into a full-term employee position. James has worked as a procurement specialist for SMUD since May 6, 2019, when he was hired as a limited-term employee. He said he was more than qualified for a warehouse manager job he applied for in October 2019, but SMUD officials ignored his application and didn't even offer him an interview, according to the lawsuit. He said the same thing happened again when he applied for a procurement supervisor job in March 2020. In January 2020, his supervisor ordered him to provide written summaries of his work. He said added duties were unproductive, took time away from his work and was not required of his white co-workers. Complaints about a hostile employee. Bates Petaway has worked for SMUD for nine years as a warehouse coordinator, supervisor and manager, overseeing 30 workers. She told SMUD's hiring manager that a white man under her supervision, known to have issues with attitude and hostility, routinely treated her with disrespect and was often insubordinate, according to the lawsuit. Bates Petaway alleged that the manager took no action to help her. In June 2019, the manager told her she was placed on administrative leave pending investigation. In September 2019, the manager told her the alleged wrongdoing he uncovered in his investigation meant she could accept a demotion or be fired, according to the lawsuit. In an attempt to support his actions, the manager, sent Bates Petaway a scathing and unprofessional memo full of insults and inaccuracies, Justice said in the lawsuit. Following Bates's demotion, Smud placed a white male in her former position as warehouse manager. The civil case is scheduled for a settlement conference hearing December 11, 2023 in court and a civil trial assignment hearing the following month. This story was originally published August 30, 2022, 5 a.m. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, September 2, 2022. So I have been told this is our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism, not for spectators. I cannot emphasize that enough. Like, we have been on the air, if I'm alive, make it to February of 2023, it'll be 14 years, we'll be on the air. Hopefully we'll have some listeners who will be like, man, we're not even that old. 14 years. We get excited about talking about lots of things. Victims of white supremacy, cows, callers. Area 8 sexual activity especially if it's sexual intercourse between a white person and a non-white person super excited who's going to be coon of the year name calling other non-white people sometimes individuals classified as black who are not born in the u.s lots of things people get excited for frequently or i will say infrequently dealing with the area of activity known as labor people activity known as labor nah not so enthusiastic about discussing that 
this week we're on the plantation mistreatment abuse is rife throughout the known universe space stations are a coming they will be rife with white supremacy racism too unless we get on our grind counter racist grind as it were this week man you can be super critical the people that are listening live in fact if you're listening to the archives more we more archive listeners than live uh, you can email untiljustice at gmail.com and gripe and complain if you you know the reports that we heard about the job recovery in New York City know we have a lot of New York listeners NYC specifically tri-state area uh, about the Sacramento municipal utilities allegations of racism white supremacy and then the initial report from CBC Canadian Broadcasting talking about mental health in the workplace you didn't think they were constructive waste of time what is this nonsense <laughs> let Gus know because man there have been you know times throughout the pandemic I would say especially since the pandemic we've had neutralizing workplace racism specifically as a broadcast has been on the air since 2016 solid six years that we've been broadcasting basically without interruption except for the flood few weeks um, most of the time I'll see reports you know here and there the police department will be rife where an officer is accused of calling you know a subordinate a fellow staff member a nigra and are they going to discipline the person that sort of thing that pops up with schools frequently and they'll have lots of reports uh, allegations of some sort of discrimination in the workplace and uh, gender discrimination that sort of thing sexism this week it's the three years of the pandemic because there's been so much upheaval are we going to work are we not going to go to work are we going to have to wear masks at work are we going to have to get a shot to go to work are we going to have to get the booster to go to work are we going to work from home is it going to be hybrid I'm just, all of that are we going to have to sit close together sit far apart are we doing zoom do I have to keep my pants zipped during zoom all of that stuff has caused so many disruptions in the workplace in addition to labor shortages right that they man they are calling it a national teacher shortage I didn't even play that report they had a full I had many many reports just talking about that because the school year is about to start if it hasn't already in many places in this part of the world certainly next week first full week of September for sure after so-called Labor Day national teacher shortage that's uh, again man you want to talk about throw away children that is something that you for sure want to think about now how do I feel about sending my child off to school where man they snatched as I said last week the pizza delivery man or woman snatched them out of the vehicle it was a whole ruse anyway they didn't even want the pizza they just wanted a body to come in so they could throw them in front of the class for an hour now get in there and teach that geometry class we'll give you a tip when you get ready to leave how many folks want to send their child off to that environment on top of the racism I didn't even play any of those reports and in California specifically 
a part of that they said in one specific location they lost a substantial number of teachers not to the Rona or CRT controversies they lost teachers because the cost of living was so high in comparison to their salary that the teacher said forget this and they found locations with a better cost of living the school district they sent out a notification to parents now dig this they said hey moms and dads getting ready for a new school year 2022-23 gonna be fantastic look here uh, if any of you all have I don't know attic basement mother-in-law unit y'all know what that is where you have like a house and then you have a separate unit it's totally detached from the house but it's on the property totally separate unit right have that sort of thing where sometimes people can use that that could be your ingenuity room sometimes people use it as a guest house or whatever some the mother-in-law will come and stay there that way you have some distance you don't have to be on top of you all day long and that sort of thing uh but anyone with that sort of space that you're not using hey if you wouldn't mind having one of our teachers come and rent a little space so that they have a, a place to lie down and get a little rest before they come and educate our pupils hey give us a holler what <laughs> WTH I didn't even play them. That's why I said this is one week. Like, ooh, we, you can come at Gus, take him to task. Like, really? <laughs> How much did you, man? I could talk all program. What did you not play this week related to workplace races? Oh my! It just goes on and on. I could have done the whole. We'll just talk about racism. I could have done that lawsuits and all of that. Like, oh my God, absolutely stunning. What else did I not play this week? weather related because I have been paying attention to both Jackson Mississippi could have took one there because they had businesses that were forced to shut down a whole lot of businesses not going to be able to work if you don't have water can't even operate a car wash if you don't have water basic can't wash dishes for sure pause because we have like investors and the whole nine I've been to Mississippi like man what in the world majority black area with no water we will talk about that tomorrow but man that is disgraceful and white supremacy racism nothing else not climate change white supremacy racism but anyway if you don't have water for sure that might impact your business weather related Mississippi to California says a heat wave in California LA Times reported today Californians working while sick with COVID-19 fooled by mild symptoms I keep saying that like man what is happening with COVID-19 I have begged and begged and begged if you're listening to the archives you can drop an email until justice at gmail.com you hear the archives and you hear this hey I can take that can be my investment to the cows I will take five minutes bam right in give an update about what is happening in the workplace I think the COVID-19 people should be paying attention regardless if you think you know what whatever your conclusion is about all of this 
people should be paying attention because it is still having an impact particularly on workplace situations and how people are functioning there what the policy and procedure is going to be so I think that is super important to be mindful of because it is still with us but that was one I did not play that's not even the weather related for it that I thought so many things so I said it's just been amazing which is why there should be no spectating there are so many things impacting what is happening with regards to labor even if you are so called self employed so what you own a car wash in Jackson or a bakery delicatessen pick or you're in California heat wave LA Times how workers are coping with the California heat wave and they had a picture of a non-white person on the front who looked exasperated like they were on the verge of heat exhaustion but they were on the clock as they say I am certain it was just would have to be we have some folks who have jobs that require them to be outside I know we have uh, folks who listen in the California area and other places where they are dealing with the heat waves so, I mean wow that is for sure one policy and process because that has changed policy and procedure having more of these what they call extreme heat events that has forced policy and procedure to change in many workplaces even the NFL they had a player I believe die not too long ago out there doing this time of year the summer heat and all that they get ready for the season and more brain damage and all that so whoa gotta let these niggers get an extra water break maybe we can't practice in the hottest part of the day if you're out there you have one of those jobs you do delivery or what have you You, I think uh, our caller in Florida he said I'm looking for a two gallon water container absolutely and even see if your company that's the least they could do get us some water man where is the Fiji trailer man have that set up so that we can come in and have our thermos cooler and all that and fill up and have that good artesian water to hydrate but for sure I would investigate policy and procedure and if you live someplace like they've been saying Oregon and other places experiencing these so called heat events maybe the policy and procedure needs to be re-examined if not amended look safety there's favorite word for workplace racism safety but that's another one didn't play endlessly just could have went on even internationally they had a report with uh, a black male on the front of it in Tunisia said the racism he experienced in the workplace was so bad he did not want to leave his house he said he would be at work on the job and talking and they would just all of a sudden break out into an insult I have to read it because they had an insult for black people over there I hadn't even heard before and he said they would just be in conversation like oh, okay we got to do this this is like an office professional this is not like a brothel or someplace where you can just behave any kind of way lots of debauchery so they're being professional he's got a suit in town yes ma'am okay we get this I got the plans here we do the projection just, oh shut up nigra but it was a nigra they got all kind coon nigra spear truck blah 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 so I'll give you the word later but bam he's like what what <laughs> he's not a cow's listener didn't understand what was happening but it was all over the UK boundless I was absolutely stunned I think it was in fact I had so many reports we could have done an entire broadcast with nobody saying a word it was that much material just talking about the workplace in a variety of different ways
most of it directly racism related and then the COVID there but I mean that's all you know anyway my quick thought that segment on mental health that I listened to two and a half times I did not find it boring now, I did say man have this weeping white woman here with her no count uh, urchins in the background and all that blah, blah, blah. like man all of that said if individuals classified as white in a system of white supremacy are experiencing articulating this much stress mental health anguish over the past three years it has got to be substantially worse for non-white people just the people that we've talked to who talked about the impact that this three years of stress and confusion we've had listeners investors who've lost jobs uh, around the shots the confusion around masking co-workers coming in and oh they either mock you for wearing a mask or they're getting sick and so you're not sure oh my god am I going to be contaminated and put my family at risk or even just put my own you know health at risk people with their children who've been in school college and you know all the rest of it and having to make choices if white people are articulating this sort of stress and mental health anguish it has got to be extraordinary for non-white people who they say have been the essential workers frontline workers disproportionately through all of this haven't even had the opportunity many of us to just sit at home prop up our feet be chilling no I don't have to go outside get my groceries delivered do all my work zoom everything don't even have my pants on while I'm doing it Jeffrey Tubin style most of us haven't had that power for the last three years even in fact when they got to the conclusion of that segment and they said that the World Health Organization they predict that suicide and depression that's going to be the leading cause of preventable deaths in the foreseeable future if they're talking about white people like wow that is extraordinary many levels that was why I played that uh, report mental health is so important and I think this three the past three years has been extraordinarily stressful for non-white people all over the world and continues to be we should all be mindful they talked about children <laughs> even in Mississippi give it two times they said in Mississippi hey back to school news go oh, wait a minute Jackson to be specific can't have a school open if we don't have water especially in the middle of a health crisis you can't wash your hands no we're not going to have schools open hybrid learning again if you got the Wi-Fi mm. mental health super important everybody mental health the report about New York City I thought that was fascinating all of that talk about black male privilege they said for young workers 18 to 21 years of age 30% are working employed for young females, same age group, 50% employed. They gave them the, the breakdown of why that is and where you have a, a lot more males, hotel, restaurant industry, and I guess they have not recovered as well, ongoing pandemic and all of that. But once again, black male privilege? Mm hmm. Uh, let's see. 
the oh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute before i leave in that report when they gave the breakdown of statistics and even they said the unemployment rate was about the same for all of the males white and non-white but they gave key context about hey some of these unemployed white young white males they are not just shiftless they are off doing the whole varsity blues uh, pretending that I'm a college scholar and cheating and we are a part of this sorority or fraternity or whatever it is so we got a bank of the tests piled up so I'm just cheating the whole way through right so the, the film and reports about all of that I'm doing that so yeah I mean wink wink I'm a college student and so I guess I'm unemployed but I'm I'm doing my scholarly thing whereas black males non-white males not in school but I also thought importantly they did not say U.S. born white males they did not say Canadian born white males they did not say European born white males they said white and then everything else that very important the only category that does not get broken down we don't do all that disaggregation and, oh I'm a white person born in the US and I'm a white person born in Canada and I'm a white person born in Australia oh yeah they fight gripe with each other absolutely white people don't white like each other however they get very unified around the concept of race racism white supremacy racism and what that means and you hear it bam they said it the exact way Neely Fuller Jr. said when I played it last week Bam! There is never any disaggregation. Never. Not in writing, not verbally. White, W-H-I-T-E, and that is it. You niggers, us, make up whatever other categories you want. White, W-H-I-T-E, stands alone, supreme at the top, all throughout the known universe. That's why you don't disaggregate if we are a team to dominate the galaxy next I didn't even play about the teacher shortage in Sacramento with the municipal utilities the same thing they do not promote the white people excuse me the non-white people they have a white man there they said he was hostile and insubordinate can you imagine if Al Sharpton was working at the Sacramento Municipal Utilities Facility Department that's how they get SMUD I thought that was such an interesting acronym SMUD almost sounded like they were saying SMUT but it's Sacramento Municipal Utilities Department so if Al Sharpton was working at SMUD and being hostile and insubordinate to his white female supervisor Come on. Bill Cosby. Chris Rock. Gus T. Renegade. Tamir Rice. Retired firefighter in Florida. You pick any Negro. Obama. 
and they got a reputation for being hostile and insubordinate to a white female supervisor and we can't do anything about it. In fact, fuss at you if you say anything about this hostile and insubordinate Negro male. Wow. Okay, within the same report, they said, Mr. Pugh, he went to report, hey, you, you're promoting all of these white people and they're getting jobs and seniority and what have you. Got this insubordinate, hostile white man running around the company and what. And I mean, this is like an important job. This is not like the 7-Eleven. Like, hey, we should have upstanding citizens here. Like, this is a government job, right? <laughs> like, this is not, like I said, this is not the brothel, right? Uh, you got this insubordinate, hostile white fella running around here uh, and I can't even get a promotion. <laughs> We'll do an investigation. So they do the report. What does it say? Same thing they always say. Yeah, this is these these allegations are unfounded. You know, you you are a malcontent and a no count nigger. We say, well, let me see the report. Da, 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 da. Nah, this is, is, is protected information. We can't uh, can't divulge our findings. But rest assured, we did a fair and thorough investigation, and it's unfounded. Sorry, Mr. Pugh. We'll get back at it. Come on now. To be expected, uh, we'll see how things uh, unfold out in Sacramento with their lawsuit. Again, I would go document, 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 get as much information as possible. And even that they're not willing to share. If you go for a promotion, you don't get it. Hey, what what did I do? Tell me what I can work on in relationship to the under other candidates so that I can strengthen my position they should be able to share that information right make it make sense it shouldn't be that oh man these are the candidates high school dropouts wait a minute is that mark Furman's cousin whoa he got a ged <laughs> like well it shouldn't be these fellows are getting the promotion and i graduated from columbia and got a master's degree and all the rest of it like whoa what 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 he put his resume in crown hmm Document, 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 get as much documentation as you can. That is always the metaphor red flag, extremely suspicious, might even be a constitutional violation of due process when they are unwilling to give you documentation, information, reports on why these things happened. You make a, a claim of wrongdoing, mistreatment. They say they investigate, but we're not willing to share the information, how we came to this conclusion to substantiate or deny your claim. Anywho, there were many, 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 many other things that uh, could have been reported this week. Can't play everything. The email is untiljustice at gmail.com. The number is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate definitely should not be spectating because there are so many things happening uh, just impacting what is happening in the work environment uh, even if you directly are not being mistreated and hopefully that is the case where you're not you know suffering any direct abuse or what have you yourself uh, but just what is happening what's happening with other people what are they talking about are there changes to policy and procedure are you in one of the areas that's having these uh, extreme heat and is that impacting the work environment uh, I, I know we have educators I don't know people that are in that environment and, and the uh, national teacher shortage uh, it is just 
It is amazing. Uh, the, in fact, in Minnesota, that's why I said it is. There are so many things in Minnesota. The teachers, they have a lawsuit. They recently, when I say recently, like this summer, weeks ago, they attempted to enact some sort of local policy. I think the what is the tacky adage? Last fired or last hired first fired as it applies to black employees. Okay, so at this school system in Minnesota, they acknowledge this and they say, okay, so what we will do to prevent black teachers from being the first ones that are fired, uh, we'll switch it so that it'll go to someone white. If someone has to be laid off or whatever, we'll have to be someone white of lower seniority. And so now they have this huge lawsuit about what what do you mean it's got to be a white person first and all this and i think they said that some of the so-called conservative they never say racist some of the conservative media outlets have been reporting about this and saying, oh my gosh the reverse racism and it's attacking white people and oh my god what do you mean you're gonna lay off white people we could have played the entire three hours of just and i said most of them would have been directly about racism Definitely should be no spectating this week. Even the report I said about, man, if you, I have to tell you exactly what region of California this is. If you got space, we got a teacher that needs a spot. Can you imagine? I teach at the school and I'm going to rent a space or whatever with one of the parents of one of the students. Like, what? Oh my God. Like, Yes, that's really going to inspire me. Yes, I want to be a teacher and or I want to teach in this jurisdiction. Like, there's so much to think about before you hit the bedroom. Do they actually have teachers in the schools where our children will be attending? Are the janitors teaching the classes or <laughs> they they actually have professional teachers still here? Woo, man, oh, man, the system of white supremacy, racism. I am of the opinion that all of that is deliberate. They call it the browning of America. They have so many tacky metaphors, white genetic annihilation. The more non-white students that you have, fewer white students and fewer white students, as they've been talking about further divestment from everything. Schools, all of that. Yes. So what? Fine. No teachers. Let it all go to hell. Negros are there anyway seen that sort of attitude for decades in the system of white supremacy all the way back to pitchfork ben tillman number again is 720-716-7300 the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh let's see uh folks who dialed in with a hand up if you have commentary to share line should be open Can I be heard? Bay Area mom, one of our educators in California. I have to see how far that is from uh, the Bay Area where they said, yeah, some of the they they lost a substantial number of their educators because the housing wasn't affordable. So now they're trying to see if parents would be willing to, hey, rent out a an attic or your basement to a teacher. So they can put like what? How, what, do you, what do you think? How would you feel about that? Um, I didn't get to hear the clip. I came in at the smug, 
So I didn't get to hear what city or where it was at to put it together. Um, I think that that's interesting because on, on one hand, uh, parents come in, you get a, a, or the teachers, you help the teachers out, Airbnb, your, your place. It just shows you just how much these people don't want to be bothered with these kids. They want you out and the kid. No, you find your own place. I'm not bringing my place out to you. You can critique me in my home. So, no, I, I see, I could see why the, uh, parent would be resistant or even the staff, because that's a little too much of a window into what's really going on. Um, and then it also shows how inconsiderate uh, they are as far as we need help, but not that bad. You figure out how you're going to get to work and commute and gas and all that, but we do need help. Um, here, on my part of California, help is needed as well. Um we're not that courteous here um, to uh, let you in our homes to help teach. Um, the parents here are even trying to, but because we're having, we need, we have, for instance, we have yard duty, I think it is, or some kind of campus supervisor, um, but it's only for an hour and a half. A lot of it, too, is the hours. Um, I'm not driving for $17 an hour to come be campus supervisor for less than two hours. Um, and then, like you said, uh, I'm in here. I did all this stuff, uh, went to school, did all my work, credentials. I'm in here. And then one of my kids' mom is in here working with me and just took her off the street because we're in need of credential uh, teachers. I mean, excuse me, teachers, credentialed or not, we'll take, we'll, we'll, we'll work with you. It's, um, hey, what about the children? It just kind of shows that really people don't care about children. And it's okay to say it. Nobody cares about children. We just need this. We get money for these children, so we need people here. But we don't really care about them. I got to I'll figure that out. Mud. So SMUD is electricity, uh, is like the PG&E um, in Sacramento and that part of the area. Uh, that I, I'm not surprised because Sacramento is already racist, and then their their jobs, they're very territorial about their jobs. And I can see uh, people getting passed up for, uh, for promotions. What was it? Uh, they had a uh, uh, limited term, what, nine limited terms, and they have full-term uh, eight whites. <laughs> and then the lady, the supervisor that was getting all that extra from SAS, from the Caucasian um, employee, employer, and got demoted. <laughs> if I take this demotion, I'm getting complaints about you. That's that's a trip. So how can I even fall a lawsuit? It's business as usual, I totally, I totally can see that. And then you're in the warehouse working, hoping, and it's like, man. Yeah, that's electricity. That's the end. That's PG&E. <laughs> and this is what you have going on in, in, in with the electricity. Yeah. So all eight, what was it? Uh, discrimination and harassment. They they totally harassing and totally discriminating. Totally. It, it's 
it's everywhere in Sacramento. It's just, it's, I'm glad that uh, they press charges. Yeah, do what you got to do. Um, for me, workplace racism. Yay. So I'm school, um, one school. I'm only at one school this year. Her, um, an attorney, because a lawyer, uh, a mom got an attorney and um, said that she didn't feel her child was getting the services that she need, he needed in school. And what they ended up doing was instead of giving her a one-on-one, they gave her me full-time. I worked with him allegedly three days a week. Um, but when I first started working with him, that's when they gave me the Nigerian blend, had me working with him, the one that I was I tell him the school lunch is not healthy. He is now at this uh, other school. It's, I think, it's a great charter school that he's at. And um, the mom, the little boy, because I talked to her after school today because she wanted to talk to me. I was talking to her about her child that I'm there for. She wanted to meet me. So I'm talking to her. She's a bit standoffish for a bit because... You know, I'm I'm coming from the school. She didn't pick me. The school did. So I um, assured her that I would do everything that I could um, to assist and help him transition. She told me a lot about some of his tantrums. I'm looking at the setup, um, the way our class is set up. It's only 12 children, and he's not going to – the junior high is or middle school, whatever they call it in that middle school, is not going to accommodate him the way his classroom is accommodating him. Say, for instance, math, his, his, between the teacher and the paraeducator, they'll give, it's basically giving him the answers. So his mom told me that they can't read. Mind you, this is fifth grade. I'm not saying he should be able to read by now, but he's not going to benefit in middle school if he can't read right now. I think phonics and that kind of stuff should have already happened. We're in fifth grade, but I just found out today he cannot read. And, yes, he does. I am in class with him. And the teacher, wherever his ELA, I guess they call it an ELA, wherever he gets his English, um, it's with the teacher. Math is with the paraeducator. And what she does is say if we're doing um, double-digit uh, math, she'll put the dots. You just count the dots. So 54 minus 12, and you just count the dots. So she'll have dots on the side of each column, the ones in the tens column. And he just counts it up and adds <laughs> So right now, he's doing um, single-digit math. He can do that on his own, but they're not preparing him. I guess they don't want him to have any meltdowns either because apparently he has meltdowns. He has things he will do, things he won't do. Um, I'm glad I was able to talk to the mom because I could – it's just different uh, talking to the parent versus dealing with everything through the school for me. Um, in class, I also, even though I'm not his one-on-one, I'm there for him. There's 11 other children, and the paraeducator is very, uh, this, see, where is that? Uh, one of those, uh, oh, what? She's some, she's one of those, uh, Arabian, the Sunni or something. I, I don't remember. She's somewhere. So anyway, um, she has a culture, has her way of however she, you know, feels about people, different cultures. Um, she's very um, her tolerance with the black. She's real. She pampers mine, uh, the one that I deal with, but I'm there to get him unpampered. 
uh, as far as he can be more independent. And the rest of them she's real aggressive with. Um, there's one little boy that's coming from another class. He's just now getting into the a big boy class, fourth grade, and she's real. She has zero patience with him, zero, zero. I was like, well, let me, let me, let me try. No, he needs to get out of that. He needs to stop crying. You're not helping the situation at all. So uh, even when people come in, special needs instructors come in, and she's just charging at them, and then she has to stop and think about it. Think about it, lady, because this is your job. So I don't say anything. I just pull completely back. So this one particular boy has these meltdowns, and she's just, stop crying. No, don't let him do that. There's a way to deal with him, and the reason why I know how to deal with him is because I spent time in his class as well. When that class was out for um, weeks because of COVID, I was in this little boy's class. So I do know how to deal with him, but I don't fight to take care of kids. It's a little girl. We have one little girl real quick. Apparently, the paraeducator says against her religion to take the little girl to the bathroom. Um, nobody doubt even acknowledge the little girl. But then the little girl came to me and pointed at the floor and pointed at the chair because her chair was wet cause she, because she peed in it. And so at the floor because it seeped over the floor. And I looked up. Come on. I went to the bathroom. She has a bath. So I changed her clothes and all this stuff. So I changed her clothes. And um, so then the next the next time she came, the next week she was out for a week and she came back. So now she has waste in her uh, underclothes, but I don't know about it until we get to the bathroom. So I take her because nobody, okay, you have to take her. It's like, you know this isn't what I do. So come on, little girl, because uh, we're in a classroom with 11 boys. They're not playing. I don't care what about their special needs. Let them find out that she's peeing in that chair. So I swoop her to the bathroom. We go to the bathroom. She pulls those underpants off, drops that waist on the ground, and looks. I said, oh, 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 no, we're not going to be at this. Oh, no, this, I'm not, no. Let me tell you something, little girl. I said, do you know you have to use the bathroom? She said, yeah. I said, you just don't go, huh? She said, yeah. I said, let me slide something by you real quick. I don't do this. You are going to have to say something. This, I don't do. You got me? Thumbs up if you're going to stand. She's like, I said, I don't do this. So we're going to work something out if I got to take you every 30 minutes. But this, I, I'm not available. So... For two days, I haven't had that problem, any any wetness, because I take her, I create a schedule for her to take her to the bathroom every so often to where now she's like, no, I don't got to go. And then when she does have to go, she'll just come get me. But um, the part of the paraeducator, she's like, I don't do that. You, you, and you don't even have to go in the bathroom. I said, hey, look, don't tell me how to do what I do. If this is against your religion, I got, I have my part. I have my part. I'll figure it out. Don't, don't, I, I know not to wipe, I got that. But do you know she couldn't wipe herself? Okay, so I'm not going to embarrass her. But if this continues, she'll have to go to moderate, severe. So that's the end of my workplace racism. Um, thank you for taking my call and allowing me to ramble. I will leave my line. Did you mean Sikh when you were saying Sunni? I know the Sunnis are, I think, a type of uh, Muslim, but is it the Sikhs? Is that the ones you were talking about or no? No, she's one of those type of Muslims. Oh, okay. Had it first time. Uh, yeah. I, Yemen. Is there Yemen? Yeah. Okay, that's it. Sorry. I, I, I barely know who I am. Yeah, that's what she is. Yemen. Okay. All of us right there, still learning. 
Uh, much obliged, Bay Area Mom. Uh, SAS, that is one of my favorite words. And you did not miss the report on the uh, SMUD, the uh, Sacramento, Sacramento Municipal Utility Department, because uh, I didn't play it. I just was telling listeners like, man, we had so many reports today. I, I couldn't play everything, but that was one that I did not play. So, yeah, you did not miss uh, on that one. But wowee, it has been uh, amazing. And I did find so the exact location for the report where the teachers. So this was posted today. California School District asks parents to rent rooms to teachers who can't afford housing. Uh, Milipitas, California, a school district is asking students, parents to house educators due to increased costs for housing near their school. The Milipitas United School District sent out online forms to parents in the district that read, do you have a room for rent? Please fill out this form and our MUSD educators who are seeking a room to rent will be notified. The rest is up to you. According to the Washington Post, 10 teachers from the Milipitas United School District quit their jobs at the end of June because they simply could not afford to pay for housing in the area near the schools. These teachers ended up finding jobs in areas where the cost of living is cheaper. The loss of so many staff is what led the school district officials to make such a desperate attempt to keep their educators gives a little bit more detail but that was posted today so all of that in context wow last so good that's over by Fremont Mm. that's over by Fremont yeah you know they not taking company nope (laughs) (laughs) okay I (laughs) mean Let's see. Okay, so in Fremont, I know where that is in uh, California, Bay Area, or close to, yeah, <laughs> close enough. Uh, according to the World Population Review, the average household in Milipitas makes $154,559. But according to the information from the school district, teachers' annual salaries for the district are as low as 60 $8,000. I'm not sure how I would feel about being a teacher. <laughs> and I make 68000 and I'm renting a room in a house. <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> like, what in the world? <laughs> that is the system of white supremacy racism. Hey, white people don't care about children. Um, and you see that uh, kind of both ends. Now you talk about throwaway children, the report that she gave at the end and all the way through having the young fella who can't read then having young people can't even go to the bathroom on their own. I mean throw away in every sense. We don't even intend to have teachers there for you. Absolute disgrace in every way. Um, and then with the young person, she said the young guy that was there that she's working with. And I think she has the Nigerian mom before, and he's not on read level, which is so standard. 
uh, in the system for racism, white supremacy, even for a lot of white children. And it's probably getting worse now with the pandemic and you're going in school, not in school, all the rest of it and don't have teachers. Uh, worse for everybody, I would think. Um, but having this young fella there, he's not reading at his age level. Uh, and I guess going to this environment, they're saying, hey, they're not going to accommodate him uh, the way that he has been doing it, where he can't read. And then they have these little, uh, I guess, whatever they're, they're doing, the dots, he can't do the advanced, I guess, arithmetic or algebra. So they've got the dots. We can just add them up in the columns and do it that way. Like, wow, just <laughs> no regard uh, for black children and kind of consistently having generations of like she's talked about. Uh, where they'll just do, we're going to do quiet reading time, where it's the same thing, where they have students who can't read, so they can't do quiet individual reading, and they're just wasting time. Or we're going to, you know, look at comic books, or, you know, watch some YouTube videos, or what, it's just totally wasting time. <laughs> like, just being calm and not disruptive, you're not learning anything, you can't even read. What are you going to do upon, you know, 10 years from now? What is life going to be like? How are you even going to advance academically if you can't even read? That's supposed to be your job as an educator. Nah, I'm just here yelling, fussing, grousing, griping. Anywho, and again, I said that consistently. These folks do not demonstrate patience, any of that patience with other educators, patience with the students. Just here to yell, gripe angry um, the young lady that she was working with just the basics you know letting us know about going to the bathroom now I will say racism white supremacy man there are many many students it ends up being a battle just to get to the bathroom where they don't want to let you go and you know, got a fuss at you. I think a Bay Area mom even shared before where she went to go to the bathroom and they were fussing at her like, oh, my God, she's been in the bathroom. Like she said, I think she came out. It seemed like she the teacher had been talking to the students. Like, look at that. She just goes to the bathroom and malingers and therefore half out. We're trying to. Oh, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you again. All right. Mm -hmm. I think she even might have said something slick like, oh, man, by the time you came out of the bathroom, like what? <laughs> Do I need to stop? Watch like my God, like I wasn't in there half an hour. Like what is going on? that sort of thing I've had as a someone who's oh my gosh been an educator and right there like we're working with a group of students and you try and leave and the supervisor comes like oh man what are you doing going to the bathroom you need to let us know if you're going to go to like man I, t I just walked in I haven't even got to the classroom yet so I that can be a huge issue in the system of white supremacy and even that like man we don't even have a basic plan around the bathroom like come on come on that's total disgrace super commendable working out even set, setting her own boundary and making that explicit I don't do all the potty training let me know this is not gonna work verbalize okay you understand and then we work out a plan get you to the restroom regular intervals and of course hey they don't want to be bugged they'll let you know now they'll start using their words hey gotta go to the bathroom keep you from nagging me every 20 minutes I'm good I'm good I will let you know make sure we don't have a repeat hey, independence that's what we want making progress and I mean they could do the same thing they could have done this they should have done the same thing that should have been nipped in the bud long time ago that just further reinforces 
total lack of regard throw away children just the basics can I read at a basic level? I didn't say you got to teach me so that I can go and read you know Dostoevsky I didn't say that and say you got to hook me up so that I can read Yerugu in one day just the basics no that's too much I can't even read the McDonald's menu no okay can't even go to the bathroom you can get the basics just like no get okay that's what racists have intended for us for our offspring number again much obliged Bay Area mom number again 720-716-7300 the code 564-943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate you see even with that smud report they did not disaggregate when they talked about those limited number of positions that came available I think it was nine they said eight they didn't say those eight positions went to US born whites they didn't say that they didn't say it went to white Americans Canadian Americans white North Americans they just said W-H-I-T-E they could have been Ukrainians other folks who dialed in if you have a hand up uh, star six one the number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate Hello. Good evening. Greetings, Irie in Louisiana. Twenty seventeen years from Hurricane Katrina and the levee breach. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um I yeah. I sent my son a video on it. He wasn't with me. Um, just to remind him that I'm gonna remind him. Uh I was, I had to work. It was actually my first day of working as a uh, contractor for a nonprofit um, in honor of a young man that was shot and killed by police and his mother never got justice for him. And so she has this nonprofit and I've come to understand that Unfortunately, she didn't ask the four questions that Mr. Fuller proposes one asked in their book when they're trying to do something. What do I want to do? Why do I want to do it? How do I plan to do it? And what do I expect constructive results to be? Unfortunately, I'm gathering that it was a reaction versus a response or a desire to produce justice. And I, I understand partly because a person wants to keep their child alive um, as best as they can somehow, but it, it needed more forethought. And I'm in a situation where uh, pe- 
the lady that established this organization is more hands-off than on. She states what she wants to do, but doesn't um, have any insight on how it should be done. Uh, I, I don't know. It's very, a very almost childlike uh, manner of management. Her mother is helping her manage and like the business and is very specific to what she does and doesn't want to do to a fault. Um, meaning she is not even tolerant of hearing what I would suggest or why I um, have thought of something. And this is my new graphic design um, that I'm, you know, doing. And part of it is marketing. So there were some marketing channels I, I recommended to the daughter who lost the young man. And she said, okay, but then the mom came back and was like, no, no, you don't need that. It costs money. And I'm trying to want to explain her. Like, no, it's actually free. It would help validate the organization. No, we don't need it. Because after a while, it's going to do this. It's going to do that. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just, under, you know, I have to kind of go back to childhood. You know, how you couldn't over-talk or, or talk back to your elders, it's like, uh, okay, it's, it's like that. Um, and I really need the money right now because y'all know what happened to my partner. And um, that is not, like, that hasn't been resolved yet. It's still in the air. Um, huh. So with that said, meanwhile, there is a woman classified as white, that is the administrative assistant to the, the organization. And I don't believe this young lady knows how to use words. I don't. Um, there have been at least three times where I visually and audibly heard the founder tell this white lady before leaving um the office space, do something, look busy. Okay, hmm, okay, 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 okay. And then um, me, I started to kind of segregate myself from her because there was nothing really I could say to her that would be constructive for either of us. And I just wanted to kind of hone in on what they wanted me to do, which is a lot. Manage the social media, learn how to operate a Spreaker, which is a podcasting system, launch a YouTube channel, and then there's some other, like, social media I don't even think are necessary. Like, she's like, I want a Snapchat and a TikTok. <laughs> Someone with experience in that can tell me if it will benefit. I don't think so. I believe it's more of a like a shortened form of FaceTiming or visual instant messaging or something. I know TikTok people use it for their brands. Like there was a victim of racism that used TikTok to launch something called the pink sauce and it, and it sold, but it wasn't done correctly. So now she's probably going to get sued. So I, I, I realized that if you have some sizzle to sell, 
you could do so on TikTok, but this is, again, this is a nonprofit organization, and they're doing little, like, things in the community, small events, to try to aid, like, kind of like mutual aid or family. Um, and meantime, this white girl don't know how to use a keyboard good, and she's getting paid 15 an hour. I don't know if that's minimum wage everywhere. To me, it's minimum wage because years ago, that's what I got paid um, over 10 years ago, and or no, over 20 years ago, and people considered it good money then, so I can't imagine it would be good money now. And uh, something else she did that let me know she was inept. Um, she was organizing a library because there are going to be kids um, that arrive for an after-school program next week, and I handed her some books, and I said, um, where's your nonfiction section? And she goes, um... I don't even know if we have one. Um, considering you put it together, babe, I think you would know if you moved the nonfiction from the fiction. But obviously, you've mixed. <laughs> you've mixed the books. I said, okay, I really am not working with somebody. It's just crazy. And I was telling my partner about it. He was like, you got to let people know your background. Like, let them know you've worked with, like, radio stations and this and that. I'm like, man, I've worked with General. How about that? And he's like, yeah, you got to tell people. I'm like, I don't feel like I should have to. Like, these people chose me for my resume. They know what I could do. And everybody should have been vetted accordingly. But obviously, I don't know, they must know this lady and they're doing her a favor. And now she gets to literally, like, to sit around and skate. And it's disturbing because I can tell if it wasn't for this job, she would be at home eating. She she looks like cloud nine. Okay? All right. Yeah, it's a metaphor, but that's how big she is. And she's just sitting there eating, looking at her phone. Every time they come in, if they leave and they come back, they look for me first. And, like, I'm in the studio and I close the door just so I can concentrate because sometimes they'll play music like top 40, y'all. And I think most of the people on here can't tolerate top 40, pop or R&B. And they play it as loud as the television will go. So that's another reason why I was, I removed myself from the general vicinity. And so if, if the people running the thing leave, they'll come back and they'll bust in. They, they won't knock. Like, if they please, I get they ain't got to knock. They'll come in like, what you doing? What you asked me to do? You know, just the stuff you asked me to do. <laughs> and then, but every time they leave, pick up a piece of paper, do something. And I'm like, okay. So I was trying to get a friend of mine's sister in the position, but she waited too long to apply or something, and I don't think she's going to be able to get in there. And, uh, you know, I'm just calling because I just needed the business, you know, catharsis or whatever. But I'm just noticing how if you don't do like Mr. Fuller said, ask those questions before, it's just not going to be as constructive as it could be. And then, like, there's, uh, she wanted to do a response or, or some type of help in Jackson, Mississippi, um, with getting water to, you know, people there, and 
I gave some suggestions so she wouldn't like kind of reinvent a process that's already started. So I was like, why don't you um, call some mutual aid societies and, you know, and see who's doing what already and then add your allotment to their convoy and then have it sent that way with your regards. So now you don't have to try to get people who never planned to drive to Mississippi to drive to Mississippi. She's like, nah, I ain't doing that. Nah. And so she's like, make me a flyer and put this on there. So on the flyer it says, you need water, you need supplies, you need licensed drivers, you know, people that can transport a lot, a big load, you know. And then I, I gave another suggestion before she had me make the flyer. I said, you know, there is something else you can do. So you're not, again, providing something that's already there or, you know, just, just to make sure you're getting valid information for what the people need there. Why don't you call to Jackson and ask different organizations what they need? Because we're forgetting about, you know, diabetic supplies, uh, first aid, uh, I don't know, things to feminine products. If people are having an issue with, you know, water, they're probably having an issue with, uh, you know, personal care. She's like, yeah, why don't you do that? She's like, call some people up. I look right at that white girl. I said, mm, yeah, there you go. Call them and let us know what you find out because I'm going back to what I was doing. And she looked at me like, like I told her to, you know, Catch the moon. Honey, I'm not playing that game. Mm-mm. I'm not doing your job for you at all. At all. Especially considering that I had to. I literally had to. It took three days to find out how I was actually going to get paid and what I needed to do to actually get paid with some type of validation with the state and da 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 da. And I was trying to go around it because when I tried to do it before they asked me to take the position, it was giving me a headache. And then it said something about NATO. You know, I, I mentioned it before, but I'm not finding anything that's going to make me uh, a, a litigate for NATO, possibly. You know what I'm saying? Or, no, or, or not that uh, master. So um, I went ahead and... and started the process another way so I could qualify to get paid, but the issue was they didn't explain fully, hey, you can't invoice us. You have to do this certification somehow, some way, so the state verifies you, and then you get paid directly from the grant or whatever. And I literally had to keep asking. I hate doing that because people think after a while you're just there for the money and that's not the case. I'm there because I want to produce justice. But then the question is, do y'all want to produce justice? Not sure anymore. But uh, old girl, my woman, she needs to do a job. And I know better than to tell them that she's in there catching air conditions. You know, but it's it's just frustrating because you... Black people, we end up in these situations. You need money. You, you're trying to walk a line, you know, and be disciplined or quiet or just not, not, you know, shake things up per se. And then something happens and it's blaring. It's like, 
somebody really needs to say something about this. Like, y'all hired this chick to do something, and she's not doing it. But yet, <laughs> y'all literally checking on me every 15 minutes and then asking me for advice, and I'm giving it to you from a 20-plus year standpoint of professionality, and you shooting it down. So what am I here for? I, or, or whatever. I don't know. It's just so much. But that that economic slavery, man, it ooh. Yeah, I I hope that humankind can return to uh, a nature-based way of life where so-called money isn't a thing because this could be very divisive at this point. And, you know, I don't want to necessarily leave because I, I appreciate the fact this lady is trying to somehow some way do something for her son who was murdered by slave patrol, by slave patrol. But it's got to get better than this. So I, I suppose I do want suggestions. So I'll meet my line. And thank you for the uh, broadcast uh, Much obliged, uh, Irie in Louisiana. Uh, so if we have folks, if you have suggestions for Irie, the number seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred, the code five six four nine four three pound, press star six one. If you would like to participate, certainly my condolences uh, to this victim of white supremacy, mother who lost her child unjustly. Um, yeah, trying to, I guess, try to do what she can uh, to try to make something constructive from the loss and probably trying to keep his memory around what happened uh, to him. Make sure people don't forget about that. Um, it's just so difficult. White people make things so uh, difficult uh, with those types of endeavors. Uh, and then, as you said, even for yourself, trying to be as explicit as possible. What exactly are we trying to do? Why do we think we should be doing this? What's going to be the constructive result of this? What problem are we trying to solve? Like really having explicit answers like sit down talked about having that ingenuity room before go to the hey it's still warm in the summer early autumn still go outside have that pad take your phone tablet whatever go sit outside and really think it through uh, and try to even hey think of what the potential problems you will encounter what will they be what happens if I hire a shiftless, incompetent white person to come and work on this project? Hmm. To write that down, make sure we don't do that. Hmm. Very important that I think can help us uh, with this streamline projects. Uh, now, so she's got all this together. I don't know what the, for at least in terms of what you described with this organization, I too don't know why they would need Snapchat. Maybe she knows something that I don't always possible, but I don't know. Hey, maybe she just heard it and thought, you know, that would be great. And let's, you know, try to cover, uh, as much as we can in terms of social media and other platforms and all that. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know why they would need that anyway. Um, one thing that I've said 
we just did that program that was in July not even two months Gus T hates talking to non-white people victims of white supremacy and I didn't disaggregate either one of the reasons that I gave on that broadcast was non-white people we are not good listeners equally related I said man we do not listen to other non-white people some exceptions but man race soldiers they have been so effective all of that anti-blackness all of the white supremacy programming in the media content so when we see black people we think of them as buffoons and idiots and then they all the terrorism that we heard from Bay Area mom in the school system gotta get you suspended here and remedial classes here and make sure you get to ninth grade and can't read we've heard that over and over so you do have a lot of non-white people who do not have the best education information and then racism white supremacy on top of all of that we do not listen to non-white people I have said that even non-white non-white people when they do have information sometimes it'll even be I think she said they came and asked like hey Irie, uh what do you think give me give me your ideas give us tell us what do you think we should be doing to do you know help I'm going to help in Jackson which I mean hey no bull cause right on for that I mean they didn't come and thinking of craziness you know we want to go and, and get some crack cocaine have a big you know party uh, out to in the summer and all they didn't say anything wacky like that let's help get water to Jackson black people need help we want to be a part of it right on a plus to that let's see we could do this we could do that contact you know let's uh right what's the tacky metaphor why reinvent the wheel let's see if some people are already got you know a project going then we can just be a part of that be even more effective you know pool our resources as we say and bang that sort of thing I have seen it consistently for years not every time there are many non-white people who listen many of them who call into the program who will ask and they listen They she just did ask I need suggestions if you have any I'm willing to listen hit my mute button and and listen so it's not all but man it is widespread I think at least my code those sort of environments it is best I become a big listener in those environments even when they ask what do you think should be done I, if these are victims of racism I will give a suggestion try to be constructive too but I'm not going to talk for a long time we heard that from Bay Area mom she said she would go to parents houses give them tips hey maybe you don't want to let your child eat Oreo cookies all day <laughs> not cookie monster they just interrupt and talk I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe you want to turn the, the television off see they got all the commercials that's how they see the cookies and everything and the songs <laughs> hop and talk all over it's like man I, this is my job I went to school for this I'm trained for this I'm a professional at this I'm trying to help you out you're not even listening to me same thing I I'm not going to compete like particularly you asked me to come and help you with your child you hired me you asked me hey we want to help in Jackson do you have some other tips on things that would be helpful for what we can do with our organization here oh sure and you start to rather <laughs> 
Ah, that's not horny. That's goofy. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> Every, everything I said. Like I said, one, I'm not shocked about this. Racists have done an extraordinary job. And you see how great a job they've done. You look across the room. Man. Man. White welfare. Now, maybe she's somebody's homie. We don't know. She's known them. I don't know. Maybe she could have even been her son's friend. We don't know. But man, I'm going to just sit here and hang out and play on the phone. Like, are you serious? You couldn't even. There are white people who have lots of resources, know how. I mean, hey, if you want the Snapchat account, I don't know what you're going to do with it. But hey, if you want it, get it rolling today. Get you some cracking artwork with it and everything. Like, again, I don't know what this is for, but let's get it cracking. She could have nabbed one of those white people. Oh, no. Lazy, incompetent. We didn't get incompetent Carrie, but we certainly got her cousin down in the bayou. And I said, hey, that quiet quitting that they talked about, we talked about last week. That's the system of white supremacy in total. Just having loafing white people. Okay, come in. Go over it. You, I give you a few ideas. Ah, nigger, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, finally get a few planned together. This is what we'll do. Contact here. Boom, boom, boom. Do this, do that. And hey, I was already doing something. This is not my assignment. This is the white woman's job. I say, what? What? Whoa. <laughs> that is A plus because I think frequently these incompetent suspected race soldiers oh they become so manipulative ended up having us come in and do their work or at least have us come in and what's the tacky metaphor uh babysit hold their hand really working with them to complete this project that's not even my duty i had my own assignment i'm over here working on that i'm now falling behind on over here helping you out you're shiftless and incompetent now again she said they hired you presumably they read your resume I know that doesn't always happen presumably though they read your resume so they know your qualifications presumably they did the same thing with her now again sometimes that doesn't always happen and sometimes white people like wow this could be another one of those uh, was it varsity blues where she lied on the resume maybe she told them you know I graduated uh, signa cum laude at uh, LSU, you know, valedictorian, you know, astrophysicist, and all the rest. Maybe she hoodwinked him on the on the resume. That does happen, but I mean, whew. that right there, like just the dynamic. You know what? The... Yes, ma'am. Pardon me. I'm going to make a suggestion I think is constructive. They need to let her manage the Snapchat. And she's on the phone all the time because I'm going to be doing stuff that's more heavy on marketing and I have to literally create graphic images. So I think that might be one. I don't know. I think since she's on the phone, I'm just saying because it's phone intensive and there's no workaround. I try to install it on my laptop and it was like no we don't do that (laughs) 
put her on a job other than just texting and she could just be watching Netflix like you know I'm not even going to assume that she's talking to somebody she could just be straight watching YouTube videos I don't know what her television shows are but I'm you know streaming it up chilling in the air conditioning uh, for the summertime in New Orleans that could be totally the case but I mean this is so widespread I'm not helping like whatever tasks you got it you can learn or whatever the case and hopefully they can even learn that she's incompetent she is not capable of getting things done and you know this is a bad hire they can get rid of her and get someone who's going to be competent and will help move the organization forward or move you over to her position and get her money too but I mean yeah that not a plus for not helping her and I just my view I would not I think the person who told you, you know, go in there and, you know, remind them about my, this is what I did, my classifications, and I did this, and boom, 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 who I work with, and all that. My view, uh, as you said, they got my resume. Like, I'm going to assume that they did not just pick a Negro off the street and not even glance at the resume, so they know what I've done. They know my capabilities. That's what I'll assume. That being the case, they got this incompetent white woman here who does nothing. If I'm seen that they see the same thing that I can like I don't they're blind like they can't see this like they probably known her longer so they're all right with this they're victims of white supremacy I would not try to counter or go against that I'm gonna accept that and I come in I do my job I'm not gonna help her if they ask me for help I give suggestions but these are gonna be efficient meaning I'm not gonna talk for a long time I give them the information. If it seems like they're receptive and want more details, I can provide them. But if this is going to be the consistent pattern, you come in and make a request for me to give you information. I do so. And it's, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. We're not going to do that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, no problem. <laughs> like, that's very common in the system. I will give constructive information when asked, but it's not going to be very long. I'll wait to see if they want more details and then provide them. And I'm not going to help this white woman like I'm just on my task. And this is unfortunately very common in the system of white supremacy. Like, uh, yeah, that, but did any of the listeners, did you all have suggestions uh, in this sort of environment? You have black people. They come victims of racism, but black people, they come. Uh, they ask you for information, what have you on different projects that are constructive. You try to be helpful and then they shoot down your ideas they don't listen to what you offer and do something else and then they have this racist white woman uh, suspected racist white woman uh, hanging out incompetent you know getting a salary and, and taking up space basically to play on her phone uh, how would you how would you what would be your recommendation the best way to function in this sort of environment uh, without causing new problems uh, any folks with suggestions on this one let's see folks who are with us with a hand up any suggestions for Irie in Louisiana kind of precarious situation Can I be right? Bay Area mom yes ma'am um, thank you so um, as far as the um the um the people that are asking um for her advice on different projects and um then they do they don't listen they don't take her advice you just 
leave it like that, the way you um the way you stated earlier, Gus. Just you you want the information, ask me a question, give them the real quick, real rapid response, less than what, ten word sentences, leave it alone. If they want some more information, give them a little more information, leave it alone. As far as the white woman that's just on her phone doing nothing, you just do your stuff. You just do everything that you have to do. If they want the information, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine. Don't question yourself. Keep your resume up to date. Find you another uh, place that you're going to have to keep it moving until you retire or you find somewhere that you can tolerate. Um, and that's it. I wouldn't care if they didn't respect uh, your views or thoughts. You don't care. Okay, no problem. That's my thought. And just leave it alone. That's my that's my um, view on um, on that. And I meant to say something when you were talking, um, when you had that moment um, uh, to give you advice about people being disappointed in how you respond. Nope, you're still learning. So, uh don't do that again. But you're still learning, and I mute my line. Would you tell them your qualifications? Uh, like I think she said, uh, a different no. victim. No. Okay. No. No. No, I wouldn't tell them anything. For what? No. Nothing. Do they take it or leave it and go? Take it or leave it. Okay. Uh, let's see other folks much obliged Bay Area mom uh, I did ask that question uh, from I think that was last week I think yes that was last week much obliged yes um, other folks for Irie in Louisiana um, would you how would you what would be your recommendation the best way to, to function in this environment without causing new problems and would you I, don't, I guess remind them that I'll put it that way. Would you remind them of your your qualifications and work uh, history? Uh, Gus, a uh, victim from New Jersey. Um, I would I would actually take a page from um, Millie Fuller. Um, his version of v, VGQ. I mean, she can use her version of VGQ on the workplace. Um, she said what she said. They said what they said, and I would more or less like you know move on. Um, especially you know dealing with um, um, other victims or even um, other ethnic groups or even white people. Like I really don't think people um, give a damn about black people's qualifications. So I wouldn't even you know qualify myself and you know you know. You know, speak about my credentials. You know, to say that I, you know, that I have expertise in this or that. You know, I said what I said. They said what they said, and I would just move on. Love it, VGQ. You can even just say that in your head on that one. Like you make your comment, they ask you for whatever your input, you give it. Oh, I mean, you don't know what you're talking about. Victims guaranteed qualified, and we just keep it pushing with the. <laughs> like, no, that's why I said it would be efficient, so that all this does not. If all of this, right, uh, your first experiences with this, if this process is like a forty-five minute conversation of they come in and hey, Irie, tell us blah 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 blah, and so you tell them, oh, Nigger, you don't know what you're talking about. Ah, oh, we wasted our time. Okay, 
if all that's 45 minutes, let's see if we can condense that down. Maybe we can get that to like five to 10 minutes. Like, hey, great. Now, if they do want the information, oh, well, then we turn the clock off and we can talk long as we need to to solve the problem and all that. If it's weeks, days, whatever, make sure we get it done. We want that to be efficient, too, but still. But, yeah, if it's just going to be, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, but, yeah, we just shrink that down. Victims guaranteed qualified. He said what he said. She said what he said. Well, yeah, she said a lot of females. She said what she said. Keep it moving. No problem. Much obliged, victim in New Jersey. Let's see other folks, and he, that's that's three. Three of us have said we would not share uh, qualifications. I think Bay Area mom had shared about that be- before as well. She had a colleague who was with her in the same classroom, black male, and uh, he was doing that. Remind, I got my master's degree in education from Stanford, second magna cum laude, and all the rest of it. And they, yeah, nigga. Mm-hmm. And they, they did the same thing. They did the same thing. They totally ignored him. They totally ignored. It did not improve the situation at all. He had to remind them and then come back and remind them again. Like that right there. Like if I've given you my qualifications one time on the resume and, and dumb nigga. Okay. So then you come back and you remind, Hey, I got it. Okay. I, other folks, uh, any other recommendations? Best way they would try to function in this sort of situation? Yeah, have you heard? Call, yes, sir. Uh, two two six two. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys, for taking my call. And greetings, everyone in the line. <clears throat> I would first like to um, uh, give kudos to you, Gus, for um, your excellent hosting abilities. Um, I would also like to um, address the question. Um, in my experience, um, uh, as a person designated as black, when you uh, tell non-white and white people about your abilities or experiences, um, they tend to test you or create scenarios that are um, uh, unsolvable just to uh, destroy your confidence and your self-esteem. Um, a, I guess a suggestion on how uh, a way that you possibly could counter that, uh, maybe asking the other person um, what their project or how would they like to do it and observing the next questions all the way through to the end of their process and seeing if it worked out or not. Because if they don't know what they're doing, it will kind of show when it comes to the, the, the results. Um, I believe you asked a question earlier about uh, the heat here in L.A. It, ha- it has been um, extremely unbearable. And I've noted that at my uh, uh, work site, uh, there's only a little bit of shaded parking areas, and people have um, almost came to actually fighting for these parking spaces. Um, also at the my work site, the AC unit went out for a brief period of time. Well, I wouldn't say brief, but it was out for at least about three hours today. So that, you know, being in the office and it being stuffy and unbearable, it, it was definitely unbearable. Um, 
as far as uh, also at my work site, a white woman was promoted today. Um, and she's leaving our specific, well, this specific department to go to another department. And I, I and she's only been there uh, for three years. I've been there longer than her. I have not received any promotions yet. Um, and I also noted that they do a lot of these parties in the, in the work site. And this one, um, uh, surprisingly, was really drawn out, very loud in the office while we're still supposed to be working because this is a heavy work time for us. Um, and people um, were actually crying to see this white woman, um, which I thought was completely uh, just a waste of time at this point. Um, she also, this uh, white woman was also giving out letters or cards, like goodbye cards, I guess, to people. And she gave one to me, and this is what she wrote. Uh, Dear Blank, it was a pleasure working with you. Thank you for your friendliness and kind kindness and for always being polite. Wishing you success in your career and life. Blessings, uh, a person. Um, and I think she gave out this card because she knows that only reason why she's being promoted and given all this um, praise is because she's white. And she's not very competent. Uh, I've noted on a couple of different occasions um, how her quality of work is not, at least not as good as mine. Um, but when she is, um, I guess, uh, when they tell her that she did something wrong, they do it in a much more uh, secluded, quiet way, not like to do with all the other non-white people. But thank you for taking my call, and I'll meet my line. Such a beautiful call and token of her appreciation for your kindness, courtesy, and professionalism in the workplace. That's just amazing. <laughs> what what is amazing he said fisticuffs over the limited number of shaded parking lots I am stymied stupefied <laughs> like what <laughs> I can't even <laughs> what in the world <laughs> What? Now, some of this might be because, you know, Gusty has been in lame old Seattle for eons now, over a decade. Uh, today's temperature, 77 degrees. Uh, so, what? <laughs> I can't even get my brain computer. Uh, or what? What? <laughs> Jesus, man. Now I got to go back to the climate report. See, today is one day. You can fuss at Gus T if you did not like the audio reports that we started with. Because, like, what? The FedEx truck drove by? That was one. Black FedEx worker called a nigger today. We talked about that so many times. I said, if you drive, you got to have a code. I didn't even play that. And he talked about the party. I didn't play that last week because it's been two weeks in a row where I had 
a mammoth amount of material. I had both ends. They had a black firefighter who was forced to go to a Juneteenth party where they celebrated with buckets of KFC, KFC chicken. He filed a lawsuit. They had a press conference. The white wife uh, of the white man who I guess his supervisor who made the firefighter attend this is there. Her lawyer, give me the metaphor. She doesn't have a racist bone in her body. It's been so much material on workplace racism that happened. I had the audio and didn't even play it. I didn't even mention it last week. We were talking about the Latino because they had the report about uh, the Latinos and kill a nigger and all the rest of it in the workplace. Like it's been amazing. The amount of material daily, hourly. Anyway, all of that uh, notwithstanding. Back to the fisticuffs over the shaded parking lots in Southern Cal. Man, I don't even know what the L.A. Times report that I didn't read how workers are coping with the California heat wave. A delivery driver relies on 15 bottles of water to get him through his route. A beekeeper keeps a portable fan apiarist. Isn't that it? get my $10 word in for the day apiarist that if you know how to read at the times they got to keep it a sixth grade rating level so you can't put that one in like uh, beekeeper uh, keeps a portable fan under her veil a construction worker starts as early as 6 a.m. but still ends the day with a sweat soaked shirt this week's triple digit heat has pounded workers across Southern California and then they're pounding each other over the parking lot. (laughs) What is going on? Particularly those who labor primarily outdoors or whose workplaces like many warehouses lack air conditioning. It's yet another way that climate change is contributing to inequality, white supremacy, racism, and it is only going to get worse. We're seeing temperatures increase. We're seeing heat waves become more common, said Amir Gina, an assistant professor of the University of Chicago's Harris School of Public Policy, who researches how environmental change affects societal development. This is an effect less borne by the person in the high paying job in an air conditioned office and more by those in lower income jobs, such as warehouse workers and delivery drivers. This is not a problem equally felt across society, he said. Extreme heat takes a toll on output, limiting how long people are able to work and how effectively they can perform their jobs. I'm going to stop there. I'm just seeing, do they have anything about fisticuffs over parking in here? Like, what in the world? So... With all of that for context for people like myself who are chilling in 77 degree weather or, you know, whatever else, like, wow. Safety in so many forms. Water. Maybe they could even do something about that. Like, can we get more shaded parking or what? I mean, whew, wow, at least security to break up the fights uh, promptly uh, if it's going to divulge to all of this. Wow, I do not know what to say. Um, wow, that distracted me from the rest. So he did give out uh, constructive suggestions as well. The white woman being uh, promoted. So we got big pattern with that one. I mean, that's the whole system and competent carry and, you know, all the rest of it. Um, they gave a party where people came out weeping like 
<laughs> that's not as bad as the fisticuffs, but I mean, wow, like for promotion, why is that? No one died. She didn't have a child. Why is that worthy of tears? Like, we got work to do. We got blood to clean up in the parking lot. <laughs> like, man, we got. I, that's something to cry about. Like, oh my lord, <laughs> Ted's got a black eye. <laughs> like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen tomorrow? It's supposed to be hundred degrees then too. Jesus Lord. Uh, incidentally, with the note. I do not think that that sort of thing is because any sort of guilt. You didn't say guilt at all. I'm just saying, I don't think white people feel guilty about that sort of thing at all. I think they love to get us to lower our suspicions like, oh, my kindly nigra, I'm going to remember you on the way up. You've been such a, a pal, professional, courteous, like psh, she's calling you a nigra as soon as she leaves. Um that's just my opinion. I don't know if she gave those cards out to everybody or if that was just your special card, but I mean, why? If she's got people weeping over her getting a promotion, like, wow. Extraordinary. Uh, be safe in the parking lot, I guess. Uh, that is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Like, that is, like, make it real. Climate change. Uh, do we have any other uh, suggestions? Uh, and I, I see the fisticuffs distract him. He said he's seen. So that's everybody unanimous so far. said, no, I would not go in bragging about anything. Oh, and that was spectacular. He said he would ask questions. If you're talking to people who are not explicit themselves, they don't really know what they want to do or why they're doing it. They come to ask you, what do you think we should do? Asking questions. Love it. Love it. Love it. This is one time where I would violate the rule. They ask you a question and you ask them questions and all you're doing is helping them to clarify what they want to do so that way it's not even me talking you just add love it best suggestion in the house um but yeah the fisticuffs are in the parking lot <laughs> like what uh but it's been unanimous nobody would brag about your qualifications i've never seen where that benefits black people in fact he said they look to sabotage you like oh really you're a smart nigger really Mm-hmm. Let's see. I wouldn't tell them about your qualifications. Anybody else suggestions for Irie in Louisiana? Okay. Uh oh. Gus, uh victim from New Jersey. Yes, sir. Uh yeah, you know. I, I gave I gave my suggestions and I definitely Qualifications, state that no. Um, uh, the caller that just called about the parking space, if I could uh, add something. Um, uh, two jobs ago, uh, two employers ago, there there was there was no big incident, but there were there were guys that uh, would gripe about their parking space. So I, I've encountered that. It wasn't about the shade. It was just, you know, just closer access to the door. So, um, you know, I, I've I've had my run-ins with uh, parking spaces uh, and other employees who who felt that they were um, more, uh, you know, been been on the job for a longer period of time. So they were, you know, more or less entitled. Um, the funny thing about that. When that particular job shut down and they laid everybody off, uh, 
the time on the job didn't mean nothing. It was they shut down. It was time to go. They gave us our severance package, and everybody was, you know, you know, not escorted out the door, but metaphorically escorted out the door. So I had my um, run-ins with that. Um, also, um, if I could add just just something that happened to me today on the workplace, uh, black male. Um, you know, I'm back on the job from my injuries or driving. Uh, so we're dealing with food products. So at times, the uh, company may, the loaders may make a mistake and load more product than what the customer ordered. So you have to basically note it, bring it back, you know, and that's that's basically it. So today, um, I'm you know I'm making a delivery. Uh, I had like an extra case, like four extra cases of chicken. You know, um, I, I know that's that's not you know that's not your thing, Gus. You do you vegan, um, and an extra case of uh, steak. Uh, so the uh, the helper was like, hey, you know what? Hey, you know you can take that home with you. You know, give it to your girlfriend. Well, you know, my girlfriend, like Gus T, is, you know, vegan. But I explained to him, I said, let me tell you something. I said, this is, and I said it just like this. I said, this is my code. I don't mess with their products. I deliver. If it's anything extra, it goes back. So, you know, he kind of, so I'm assuming that this uh, helper was with other drivers who, you know, if something was extra, you know, they'd put it to the side, take it home with them, whatever. But, uh, but I, I, I clearly explained to him, like, that's something I don't do. You know, so he was kind of, oh, wow, man, you know, you're an honest guy. No, 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 it's not about being honest. Like, that's my code on the workplace. If I want some steak, which I don't eat, if I want some chicken, which I don't eat, I can go buy it. But when you with me, if anything's left on the truck, it goes back, period. You know what I'm saying? So he just he just kind of went on a whole bunch of scenarios. Well, what if you found money and it had the name of the company written on it? If it has the name of the company written on it, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, it goes back to the company. You know what I mean? So he's just like, wow, man, you know, you're a real honest guy. You know, it's not being honest. It's just, it's not mine. It's not my stuff. It doesn't belong to me. So I'm bringing it back, <laughs> you know? So um, it was just real funny. But um, unfortunately, you know, he's a black male, younger than me. Um, so while he's in the truck, you know, again, like I'm not, trying to beat again like i said my code is i don't joke on the job um i mean we have conversations they don't get really too deep don't get you know don't get too personal and um hopefully like you know he can learn something from me you know i'm saying i don't know what he learned from the other drivers that that's what they do but you ran into a driver also black male victim of racism that basically just came to perform a job and I'm not really here to steal um, because there's, you know, a surplus of um, 
you know, items on a truck. And also you said something, too, before I close, Vic. You said, I mean, uh, uh, Gus, you was talking about the education system. You know, I am a victim of the education system. Unfortunately, my parents allowed the school system to put me in special education. Uh, by the time I graduated high school, um, I couldn't write a complete paragraph. Um my math skills was poor. So when I got to college, I had to basically put in the work, you know, um, you know, by reading and, and, and also they put you in remedial courses, you know, so I had to basically teach myself how to write complete paragraphs and also to bring myself up to college-level um, math. Unfortunately, again, like I said, I'm 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 a victim. I close. All of us victims of white supremacy, still learning and uh, striving to be universal man, universal woman. Uh, much obliged for sharing. That is uh, moving in the correct direction. Universal man, universal woman. I right, to get back to back. Excellent. Uh, suggestions or illustrations of codification in the workplace asking questions you have non-white people victims of racism who do not listen to you they come and ask you for information and then say, oh my gosh you ignorant coon ah, should have never listened to you in the first place you just ask questions brilliant back to back victim comes oh my goodness look at that Filet mignon. Oh my gosh. We can take it home. That'll be great. My code. I never take anything. No stealing in the workplace. It's almost 2025, cousins. You have no idea. They have GPS tracker on any of this packaging? We don't know. They have cameras in the vehicle because they've been talking about that with Amazon. A lot of the uh, delivery services because we never know. We got a lot of you coons driving for us. Never know. What are you up to? Out stealing our steaks and stuff. Slouching, sleeping on the job, raping white women. We don't know. We got to keep an eye on you. Do they have an inventory? Matter of fact, I love it. The example. He said, hey, brother, they got some steaks back there. You go ahead and take them. Girlfriend, love them. My code. No stealing on the job. He didn't even mention racism. My code. No stealing on the job. It goes back to the warehouse. What? Wow. You're an honest dude. It's not about morality. I didn't say I'm an honest dude. I just said my code. It goes back to the warehouse. Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm. Let me ask you this. So what if it was a stack of money back there? What, what, what then? My code, it goes back to the warehouse. Now, I said, we didn't have to hear anybody. We could have just heard clips for the whole duration of the broadcast. They just shared a report. There was a black employee, black male at the airport, one of the airports numerous, 
they suspected he was stealing. They do a sting operation. They have someone present him exactly what was just said. Cash. Bring him a wallet. I think we want to say approximately $1,500. It was substantial cash in the wallet and then, you know, whatever else. So they bring it to him. Hey, dropped here. I don't know where it was. Nobody, you know, here you go. They give it to him. They wait. See, is he going to, whatever the procedure is, back to the warehouse. You're supposed to bring it to, you know, whatever. Uh, they wait. End of his shift. Wallet isn't delivered. He doesn't follow uh, procedure with what's supposed to happen with the wallet. They go and they find it up. Oh, he spent $200 on, I forgot, they listed exactly what he spent it on, and then the rest here. So, even if it's a suitcase of $100 bills, even, especially then, it goes back to the warehouse or whatever the policy and procedure is. And as he said, it's not... It's not about being a moral dude. I don't even know what that means in a system of white supremacy. We're on the plantation. I don't even know what that means. It's just, hey, there are so many variables here where this could end up causing astronomical problems for me. This is going back to the warehouse. The chances are very limited. Even we can just go back to what was presented. Forget the cash. Just go back to the stakes. There are enough unknowns here. Now, is this going to be I get to ride off into the sunset? Metaphorically, let's say I give them to my uh, care mate. I hook her up. Hey, got these filet mignons. Put them in the deep freezer. Oh, wait a minute. Can't even do that. She's vegan. I love it. Okay, we'll say fictitiously. Victim in New Jersey, his partner was, she was a carnivore. Okay. He gives her the steaks. So she, oh, he is the greatest. Oh, my goodness. So she's happy. And okay, so that's how this is going to go. She's a little happier. And now she has extra steaks for the next, uh, what, two months, three months? I don't know. Now she's got extra steaks. So she's a happy camper, maybe. And I don't get in trouble. There are enough reasons to doubt that's going to happen. Balancing that with, ooh, they did have GPS on this, or, ooh, they had camera, or, ooh, they just had a list at the inventory that, ooh, we loaded an extra pallet of steaks, went on victim in New Jersey to bring it back, and then he gets back to the way, hey, put too many steaks on there, where are those steaks at? Oh, oh, I took, uh, or it could be a sting operation instead of cash with steaks and chicken all of that to say right up there with composure no stealing anything not paper clips pencils not one slice of paper nothing not because Gus T is talking about we're going to be some really moral folks. Although, hey, nothing wrong with that either. But in the workplace, there are lots of reasons. If you're going to be a thief, you do not want to steal while you are on the job. Oh, especially if you're a victim of racism, like no way, no how. 
he also said victim that victim in New Jersey that the, uh, this was a young black male who was saying, hey, got these extra sticks back. They take those on that right there. That's a whole lot of things that right there. Who's more informed about racism, white supremacy? So when all these folks, it's almost unanimous when they come on here and say white people are ignorant about racism. So he's the expert. That sort of advice to a black male. Hey, we got a few extra stakes. Go and take them home. That sounds like he understands what racism, white supremacy is and how it works. That's one. Two, does this sound like someone has pulled him aside and said, hey, we're in a system of racism. When you're on the job, like, wow, you have really got to be alert. Certain things you do, certain things you don't do. My conclusion, that is one right there. For generations, apparently, Ooh, we get an F. We have not talked about the job at all. Now, you can only teach what you know. So apparently many of us are not very informed about workplace dynamics, what to do, what not to do. We've not sat down and tried to be strategic, codified about this dynamic. That is something that needs to change like immediately if we're going to make any progress, because you can be driven insane and just by not being informed, just make a lot of ridiculous. I mean, st really? Steaks and chicken. That's almost right up there with getting fired on your day off or boxes. We had the person called in. They said it was pallets. Pallets. Non-white. And I think it was a non-white person where they took pallets. You can get pallets for $2 wood I'm talking about took the pallets bought pizza came back and shared with the other employees white man came and was greedy came and got multiple slices oh this is the best pizza ever hmm. and then went and ratted my, you know uh, they stole your pallets boss went and bought pizza with you look at that look at it down there and got them fired or at least written up. I'll take that part back. Maybe they didn't get fired, but they certainly got written up. Pallet thief. That's what they already think of us in the workplace. You steal anything, not nailed down and then rape all the white women on the way out. That's what they think of us. That's what they they've been training us for that. He just said that they didn't even teach him to read. We intended for you to be in a jumpsuit. We'll be looking for reasons to put you in that jumpsuit. Might even make up some reasons to put you in that jumpsuit but jumpsuit nonetheless apparently many of us we do not understand that steaks and chicken you could the mail that I mentioned where it wasn't steaks and chicken it was a wallet of about $1,500 cash it was not just oh you're gonna be fired it's ooh, criminal charges steaks and chicken are you serious it could have been a tractor trailer full of steaks and chicken like are you serious very serious about things that are silly and super con confusion is lethal say that all the time anywho uh, let's see other folks who dialed it much obliged uh, for making sure you got your own situation in as well give us about the Bro, I have heard people like squabble over parking for sure, for sure, especially, you know, tri-state area places where they got millions of people and all the rest of it, like for sure. Uh, but like, wow, 
brawling over shaded parking. Context of white supremacy. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in, if you have commentary to share, uh, do not wait till the last minute. Number 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, in fact, neglected to read emails as we were matriculating through the broadcast. Let's see. Um, Vegan RD wrote in. Uh, black female, victim of racism. Workplace racism. Uh, greetings to Gus callers and listeners. On Monday, I decided to tell my non-white uh, Hispanic female, also classified as black, co-worker that the supervisor I'm going to make my screen a little bigger here. Forget. Alright. Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, that super white female supervisor asked me to be the head nurse. Oh, this is the one we talked about last week, I believe. This is uh, the one where we were saying, would you let the white supervisor tell or would you tell? And I think most of us said we would let the white woman tell because we don't have rapport. I think this is the update. Okay. Uh, Just a reminder, this role does not come with a pay raise. She got upset. That's why I said I would not tell her because I said... what, what same thing I said today totally different scenario unfortunately white people have done a fantastic job that's why I don't like talking to non-white people that's why I don't like talking to non-white people so I wouldn't have talked to her playing with this one we didn't have rapport anyway she said like we weren't homies or anything like that we didn't you know kick it go out and have tea or anything I, and I think a lot of us we said hey the white woman made the decision if you're going to get sassy with anybody get sassy with the white woman because most of us hey we know how to have some control at least for a little while with white women because they can put a uh, white people men or female uh, because they can put a hurting on you man or woman they can put a hurting on you so we will not get sassy with them that was my my reasoning for saying hey if the the whole the hope is that she will not get upset right we can minimize conflict let the white woman talk to her then i can observe her behavior or what have you she might be you know it's not that big a deal we can move forward. hey it's no pay raise so what's to do we can observe and then kind of see if anything needs to be said at all white people have done an amazing job contaminating us the anti-blackness is extraordinary for sure she included this is a so-called hispanic black female man this could have happened with two black people who in total have 16 great grandparents all born in jackson mississippi anywho we will continue this role does not come with a pay raise (laughs) she got upset she informed me that she was told that she was going to be the head nurse when she started there she may have been told that I told her that it's not confirmed and to speak to the supervisor about if she brings it up on Wednesday the supervisor white female had a meeting with the non-white female and informed her that she decided that I would be the head nurse 
the non-white female was so mad that she was going to quit the same day. <laughs> it's no pay raise. It's no pay raise. It's no pay raise. But again, get mad with a white boy because that's who made the decision. So if you are really mad and I got to do my I got to sign my letter of resignation right now and you all have got another thing coming if you are going to promote this here no problem talk to same logic that I use here like if it is time to get on a roll somebody has got to be cursed out well point to the white person who is to blame for this situation bing let's hear she's ready to quit let's hear it Uh, Uh, she's ready to quit the same day I spoke to her and told her to calm down and to give herself some time to think this through. If she just quits, she would lose her retirement benefits and she is five years away from the full benefit. Wow. That is like, whoa, that is a that is a lot to cash in just because of a job with no pay increase. It's, maybe it's got shaded parking. Maybe maybe she didn't tell us. She's probably vegan RD is holding out on us. It's a shaded parking space that comes with this position, I bet. Hmm. Keep reading. She was angry because she let's see, wait a minute. She was angry because she was told the white female said that she will be leaving and she told her she would do what she thinks is best she also felt like her work doesn't mean anything that's all of us I reminded her that she should value what she does because the supervisor will not and she should never expect to be valued by this white supervisor amen I think no non-white person should look for validation from any white person amen I insisted that she do what is best for her on Thursday she came to me and thanked me (sighs) Wow. That is amazing. I am stymied once again, three times in a row, like, wow, non-white people, victims of racism who have either written or participated. Amazing suggestions, codification, like, bravo, because this is one, like, so many opportunities. Look a here, heifer, and who do you think you are talking to? I'm the woo. Lots of opportunities to get upset and or even it was not necessary to even be like, hey, you are almost at retirement. You want all of the as much time as you have given these racist white people. You cannot cash all of that out this close to the finish line. Metaphor over a position with no pay increase. Like, think, take some time to think this through. <laughs> like, none of that was necessary required she could have just sat by quietly she's quitting peace out you're not even a foundational black person so double peace out wow i'm totally amazed bravo that is dr welsing high commendation i think that is amazing wow let's see she says uh she appreciated that I stopped her from leaving and cursing out the Hey Amen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I guess we could have some people who are on the foundational black. All that. I get what the same thing I said before. They do not 
disaggregate W-H-I-T-E. That's ball. That's who made the decision. She didn't even get that. White Latino, Ukrainian white person, Canadian white person, U.S. white doesn't even matter. White made the decision. I don't know what the value would be to saying, yes, you weren't born here, so get on out of here. Yes, go curse her out and lose all your, but I don't know what the value to that is at all. I'm still learning. Maybe I missed it. Let's see. On Tuesday, my patient, non-white Hispanic female, asked if she could have a more senior therapist. I admitted to her that I was a new therapist. She felt that I blamed her for her son's actions. This male is binge drinking every weekend and this non-white Hispanic female used to go out on weekends and drink as well. When her son was younger, I said that he may associate being an adult with going out to drink because he observed her as a child. Wow, that's powerful context. I was upset, but I did not show. Oh, brilliant. Nonverbals are so important. So important. So important. Like we talk about composure all the time. You can do a great job when you want to curse someone out, call them names and all the rest of it. And you take your enormous yoga breaths calm down even get some water that's really good lowers your heart rate and also you get the built in that means you will have to go nature's call means you get some free time at least for a few months you can take some more breaths might need to get some curses in do some chants or whatever to kind of calm bring it down but composure but all of that can be totally negated if you have that sour face and are looking at somebody like you could kill them or strength or whatever. So try also monitor your nonverbals, what you're doing with your hands. If you've got fists balled up, like, Ooh, I'm ready to bust your nose into like, Nope. Calm, neutral tone. Mm-hmm. Taking my breaths, just taking my breaths. sobriety would be best I was upset but I did not show it she wanted to continue the conversation but I told her I will schedule her for the next day I knew I needed some time to think rationally the next day I was able to have a calm conversation and let this victim know that I made the supervisor white female aware of her request for a therapist change I realized that I need to be more codified around the non-white female she does let her emotions control her. That's how we've been conditioned as well. I have set a new code around my patients. Reschedule appointments when I'm upset. I think it works best because I would not be in the right mind to help or even hear their concerns. Now that is huge huge uh, once you know that you know you got upset so I'm not as receptive and that's many people once you you know kind of get flustered about things we're not as receptive to hearing what people are saying or even listening as attentively so that is enormous uh, insight and hey that's always bravo for making a improvement to your code uh, much obliged uh, vegan RD and again huge kudos black self-respect I know so many victims of racism, myself included, 
may not have said a word to the non-white and once it looked like she's going to be huffy about all this well psh, whatever good riddance don't let the door hit you on the way out hmm. <laughs> and put my U.S. flag up on too hmm. uh, psh, bravo uh, I think anytime because I've said that consistently there are many non-white people who say hey I'm not saying anything to any of the non-white people victims that I work with I'm not talking to them because they might turn around and try and set me up, especially once it looks like, you know, there's some conflict and they're upset with me or anything around all of this. I have nothing to say to them. And I totally get the logic of that. But wow, that is bravo. High commendation from uh, Gusty to uh, Vegan RD for speaking up, trying one, even trying to be proactive she tried to be preemptive about this from the beginning in talking to her, which again, I wouldn't have done, but hey, that's counter racism. Victims guaranteed, qualified, and united independent. That would be one if she's listening. So if you had this to do over again, would you do anything differently? Knowing how it worked out, would you still go and try to talk to her at first, or would you just let the white woman do the talking and then go talk to her later on? try and get her calmed down or do you think hey this is this is the way this is the best way go talk to her first bravo vegan rd uh before we or i guess yeah other folks who dialed in if they have commentary that's great too but anyone who has commentary on this who thinks man she should not have tried to talk to this other victim of racism for whatever reason she should have let her go ahead and quit and throw her benefits down the tube anybody with a thought Well, um, I remember um, a scene from Malcolm X where, um, you know, Denzel was talking to one of the ministers and was, and one of the ministers was like, um, we need to start patting everybody down before they come in and hear you speak. And he was like, um, you know, Denzel basically said, we don't want to do that to black people. Um, and you know, I know it's dramatized, but it, that stood out to me, and that I think that's part of the reason why I personally fall for, um, I assume I have an alliance with other non-white people classified as black as a default because I don't want us and I don't want to be myself an enemy to other non-white black people. You have to kind of assume that we are because... That's how things have been designed, and you know, I, I don't, I don't think nothing was wrong with it per se. But now that not, you know, when you go, hindsight is twenty twenty. That's all I can say about it. But you know, I, I understand why she did it. In other words, because I, I do it sometimes still, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So that's all I wanted to say. Reminder, the context of white supremacy is an always no metaphors broadcast. Brought that in kind of for this reason specifically because I'm not really sure. None of that is explicit to what was stated kind of until we got to the end. And even with the alliance part, Vegan RD would have to tell us. So maybe that's two questions. If you had it to do over again, would you change anything? Would you still talk to this victim at first or would you not Two, 
do you view yourself as having a quote unquote alliance with this person? If you don't understand what that term means, we'll get Ivory maybe to explain it later on, but I'm not sure if she uh, shared that. If she'd have to explain, yeah, why she why she shared that information. Well, that might be a third question. Maybe she can share why she shared that information given the context, and we'll we'll see her reasoning for why she wanted to do that. That'll be three questions. Maybe we'll get a response for next uh, next Friday. Any any other folks? Can I be heard? Bay Area mom, yes, ma'am. Okay, super. Thank you. So I, that was, I'm glad it worked out. I forgot about that. I'm glad it worked out. Um, as far as um, the conversation, I I don't know if I would have did it or not, um, but I appreciate that she at least let the lady know because she just took her frustrations out towards the ner- the, the white lady versus um, the one that sent the email. So I appreciate that she reminded her in her heated, you know, because I can see why she would be so elevated because even though it doesn't um, pay more, that title, she she went in for nursing for those, those the title. She didn't, she just, she not true. She knows it doesn't pay more. <laughs> she wants that title. So I get it. And I did all this and took all this and went through all this and you're not going to give me that. I would, she could have went to another hospital before. So this lady just reminded her, well, wait a minute now. Are you serious? I don't make no more money. I don't care for them. Just that you, you lose all your stuff. So I appreciate that she did that, and I'm glad it worked out. I don't know if it's a right or wrong to it, right? It's, 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 it's whatever you do. All she asked was, what do you think we should do? She asked to work with these people. So just from whatever we said, when you asked this a couple of weeks ago, she figured out a cool way to say, do whatever she had to do without making it um, the way it could have been, um, you know, more upsetting for the, uh, the, I guess, the Spanish lady. So I think that was cool. That's what's up. Good. Yay. And she didn't quit. She didn't see how it goes. You can't trust them. Okay. I'll mute my line. Much obliged, Bay Area Mom. They do get a lot of us to chase those uh, titles. And I don't want to say meaningless titles, but I mean, it's not even, it's no Peyton. <laughs> they get a lot of us uh, with that. Will you do this? And like I said, she may have been told. In fact, I would wager she probably was. For all of that, where she kind of, when she got some time to go and think about it, like, dang, I was tripping you. <laughs> like, like, she probably was told that, oh, yeah, you'll be in line and blah, 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 because they do that. So we've had, count. I can't even remember, her son, they went to, oh, man, uh, Bay Area Scholar, you are the best. We're going to give you a raise and all that. And he says, oh, okay, great. He goes back, say, hey, you said you were going to give it a raise. What do you mean? I don't know. Who said something about a raise? They do that all the time. So if I had to wager, I would be very comfortable. If I was my last $5, yes, somebody probably did, somebody white probably did tell her that, yes, he's going to get it. And then, nope. Not that that makes it any better to, you know, all the histrionics. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Caller at the courthouse in Florida should be 
with us as well. Do you have commentary you want to get in? Yes, sir. May I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Um, I just only just had one quick thing or, or two to share. Um, this was uh, the first is a report from my um, mom that works at the criminal building. Uh, and there was a black male, I think she said was... Um, I guess intoxicated and it sounded like it was moving toward another panic button situation. Cause he was saying, you know, cracker and, uh, he was talking about like a race soldier, uh, calling him a nigga. Like, I guess he was parked in a certain spot outside of the courthouse. So it was like, man, these, 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 uh, MF crackers and, you know, I can't stand them. Like, I can't, man, I can't believe this cracker just gave me a ticket. So she worked at the traffic counter. So um, she was telling the guy to calm down. Like, you know, listen, listen, sir, you know, you got to calm down and just go ahead and pay for the ticket. Uh, and then all the white people were just quiet. You know, <laughs> they was um, just watching her. Uh, assist the, the customer and she was able to calm the guy down so he was talking about he didn't he didn't like you know the white officer uh, and he gave him the traffic ticket so he just kept repeating on about that and the white woman behind her that was the cashier she was acting like she was going to try to find her own panic button. I don't know if she has one installed, uh, but my mom does, and she didn't, she didn't press no button. So she helped him out, got him to pay for the ticket, and, um, you know, got him on his way, and none of the officers or sheriffs came upstairs. But, you know, I guess she smelled some kind of alcohol or whatever on him. Uh, so it didn't really intensifying anything. Uh, and there was a, another situation where a white woman, that same white woman that uh, is in a tragic arrangement with a black male, referred another white woman. She started the job yesterday and quit and quit the job today, like not even 24 hours. So this white woman not only was accommodated to start a new job and not come in at 8 o'clock, she get to come in like at 8.15 or 8.30. But she was saying it was so toxic, right, over at the other area, black female, uh, manager wasn't even in today. So I seen her go, uh, down to personnel in HR 
and she just she um, self terminated. You know, she quit, and the white woman came back and said, "You know, like she just quit the job. I just can't believe this. I'm not going to refer anyone here ever again." So I said, "Oh well," and I just <laughs> I just kept doing my work, you know. Um, but I, I like the reason I'm saying this because. You have a, a white woman in her late 50s. She used to be a supervisor, so she is plotting against the black female, the same one that said, you don't look like you ever get emotional, you don't cry or anything like that, and all of this racism. And she's doing things like wearing these provocative, um, revealing outfits to get her to say something to her uh, and she called another white woman a snitch, you know, so very poisonous um, race soldier. Uh, and other than that, there, Gus, there was another, because um, we got a new newsletter for, well, we're in September, right, 2022. And the, the main head white person, he literally used, he, he labeled it a fable, and I thought metaphor, and a parable or whatever term, and it was about crows. So that's about darkness, something black, a black feather bird. So it's like a, it's a, a paragraph that I'll just read another time about uh, a crow, um, and another victim thought that uh, in her opinion, she thought that it was referring to black people. So I would like to uh, to read that on the uh, next workplace racism. I still have to get like a copy of it, but I just think I just thought it was like rhetorical. It wasn't really addressing anything, but I, I did think it was racism in it at the same time. So they're being they're weaponizing it once again. Him and the second war and another white man. So uh, I wanted to, to share that another time to see what you all thought about it. And that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Jeez. Uh, much obliged. Our, our caller at the courthouse uh, two times. Sobriety would be best. It's Labor Day weekend, too. I can say it like four times sobriety would be best they'll probably have sobriety checkpoints out uh all probably all the way through tuesday at least i would think especially if you live in an area with a lot of black people non-white people i would be mindful alert sober uh that now that's another one that's just where you can see like the patterns right where he told us before he was uh, the previous incident. He was at the window. Black male came in, was getting rowdy, and I hurt somebody. Sir, calm down. Panic button. Smack down black males. They're gonna shank me. Calm down. And the guy went, got his business, came back. My bad, black brother. I didn't mean to do that. They got me riled up and all the rest. And he said the white woman was sitting over there like she was inching towards the panic button like shit I'm, I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to press it he need to go like he hadn't said anything to her she's not even waiting on him and, oh yeah I'm ready I'm ready we need to I think he had even said that they had like discussion over that where someone 
who is not working with the client, can someone else press the panic button? Even if it's not, you know, they haven't gotten violent and the person who's working directly with the client, like they seem like they're all right. They're not looking for the panic button, but the other person, hey, this nigger is out of control. Panic. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Like once again, black person working. Hey, calm down, sir. Watch your language. The white woman. Oh, no. Baton panic, panic, not even working with him. Like just looking to it. Now, that's another reason sobriety would be best. I just said they already think you are a no count looter is Katrina 17. That's what they said. They said everything I just said. They said looters. Raping babies. They said it over and over. It was on Oprah and everything. That's what they think about us under apocalyptic flood conditions. So, I mean, if it's just a normal day on the plantation, oh, for sure, you are a thieving, looting, raping negra. So, when you go out, you definitely want to be sober. They're ready to press the pan. They're ready to press the panic button on him. He's been working at the courthouse for 10 years. Probably his mother, too. They said they were going to shank him. They said they were going to shank him. <laughs> like, I'm not even. They were going to shank him. Uh, let's see. The. Uh, what I would do now. He said they the white woman made the referral. They hired this white woman. 24 hours. She quits. Now. It could be that she's shiftless, too. She's maybe, you know, incompetent. Carrie, you know, I don't want to work and blah, 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 all that. That could be. Also could be, whoa, is this one of those, pardon the metaphor, uh, visual one, you know, when they do like the TV shows and they have where somebody gets up and leaves super quick or whatever. And the person's like, whoa, did I do? And they look, they lift the, their arm up to smell in the armpit. Like, dang, do I have BO? Like, what's what's going on? What? You didn't even work 24 hours. Dang. Like, were we were we that bad? Like, what? You couldn't even kick it with us for the whole week. You got Monday off. You could have kicked it for Friday and then chilled Monday and then dipped. Like we'd have came in Tuesday. We wouldn't even notice till the end of the week. Like is she coming back? She dipped on her. She didn't even do that. Wow. Now, how bad is this environment? We couldn't even get a week. We couldn't even get a holiday weekend out of you. She said, I'm not referring anybody else. <laughs> not even. Did she lose a friend? Like, man, you tell me to I'm not calling you no more ever. I'm like, get on out of here. Like, what in the world? That's embarrassing. I would feel some type of way too. Like, he said they got the that everything that he told us. I mean, really, they're trying to shank him. All the anti-blackness and rumors and uh, they got the, the fella they said he's got a reputation for being unprofessional, doesn't know how to talk to people. Man, that's embarrassing. Like, yeah, I would not refer any friends. Might as well just hire some niggers or what have you and call it a day if it's going to be that bad. And even that. He said they got the uh, he told us before about all the sabotage and, you know, all that with the black female. Uh, you don't cry around us and all that. She said she got the white woman wearing provocative clothing 
to try to get this black female to say something. <laughs> like, what in the world? I can't. When I say, like, white people, their thinking is way different. I just do not know non-white people who are manipulative in that manner. I'm going to wear things, inappropriate things, whatever it is. I'm going to wear all the scandalous clothing. And it's the second time hearing about a white woman who's coming to work and they've got all these maniacal schemes. Like, I'm going to wear the same outfit for two weeks. I dare one of you to say something. I'm going to take notes. And then let you all know I've conducted an experiment. I'll debrief you on the results. Like, what? Who thinks like that? Who does that? I'm going to come in and wear my super skimpy skirt. See if this old Negro boss here says something. Then I can go get her for being a snitch again. Like, what? What? What does it mean to be white? And the newsletter, like, I don't even know what to say. We'll just have to wait till you. If he said uh, the black female co-worker she read it. Now, I don't know. Maybe she listened to the cows. Hmm. Uh, maybe she's into language. Metaphors. Maybe. He said she read it and thought, are you using these Negro crows to talk about black people? Psh. That's all the time. Jim Crow and, you know, everything else. And plus, we got a record with the newsletter. We said that this is this would be like two in a row almost because they had the sweet potato and Bernadette was in the one before. So. They got a record, as he said, weaponizing the newspaper to mock black people. What does it mean to be white? Much obliged. Sorry, caller in Florida. Uh, let's see. Sure, we wrap up. Uh, retired firefighter, did you have a quick comment you need to get in before we wrap up sir uh not really i i was i was just going to attempt to uh give a suggestion on i think that last uh report that someone gave about the the nurse but i i, I wasn't sure on the details of it uh i think it was uh two employees that was trying to get a position and the one that didn't get it said something about that uh, she was going to leave the leave the profession uh, or leave the job or something like that. Uh, this sounds like it's not going to be uh, brief, and that situation was resolved in a satisfactory manner. Right. So we will get it tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Much obliged to all the folks who dialed in. Uh, we will be here, as mentioned, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific uh, for the compensatory call in as I stated wow there was lots to discuss with neutralizing workplace racism things that happened with regards to labor this week really a whole month year the same can be said for the compensatory call in wow just all kinds of things uh, for the conclusion of the summer of 2022 holiday weekend. Again, thoughts and, and prayers to the folks out in uh, Jack's thoughts and prayers to the folks in Pakistan. Now, that would be another one. 
global system of white supremacy racism. We talked about this with Neely Fuller Jr. Paying attention to the entire planet of white supremacy racism. The reports that I've seen a thousand even up to twelve hundred. I think it could even be all non-white people in this part of the world with this massive flooding and what have you in Pakistan. That's all non-white people. You could walk from Africa to Pakistan. Some people say, hey, that is Africa. White people just put a partition there. They did make that part of the world. Was India and then they said, no, we're going to say this is Pakistan now. It's not even that old. In terms of it being called Pakistan, known as that part of the world. That's white people to blame for that as well. And them to blame for the flooding as well. They've said as much with wow how we have destroyed the planet look at what we have wrought they said the worst flood in the history of that part of the world all of that white supremacy racism this week amongst a litany of other reports but we will touch on that tomorrow I think that is important that that is white supremacy racism right there uh, just to, and particularly Man, this is the lined up cosmic to have that flood happening at the same time with the water problem in Jackson. And then cosmically, this is 17 years from the flooding in Katrina. Like, yes, that is all related. That is all the same thing. White people, the usual suspects to blame for it all. Non-white people, victims of racism. Tomorrow, compensatory call in sobriety yes holiday weekend as they say sobriety would be best sobriety checkpoints will probably be out tonight definitely if you have offspring younger people let them know make it a point of emphasis alcohol and white people horrendous combination if you're out and about and you see someone being rowdy, maybe they're under the influence, maybe they're armed, exit. You do not want long exchange, getting rowdy. You have no idea if they have an armed entourage at the ready. If you're in a vehicle, you're sober, buckled up, not on your mobile device. We need to be alert about what is happening around us. And we want to do the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. That said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately no name calling no throwaway children cow signing out Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's your brother. Problem? You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>